Okay, I'm going to start right now. catch us at www.novaradio.co.uk as well. Uh, you can actually listen to us on any handheld device and after the show I will be, um, as a podcast, you can download it at your leisure under Toon Talk and you just go to the Apple Store, put in Toon Talk and you'll see me and you can download and listen back to your le- leisure all over the world because I know this is listened to in many, many parts of the world. Uh, which is great, and thank I do thank you for that. Well, it's been a, a really nice day in Newcastle, but chilly, of course. But uh, the news is Newcastle United are promoted to the Premier League, where we actually belong. It's been a long and winding road. There's been a lot said about Newcastle and Newcastle United and the fans and the media when it comes to what Newcastle United uh, have done to get here. Uh, obviously, lots to get through tonight. Um, my special guest this evening is Steve Wraith. He's a promoter, publisher, writer, actor, presenter, fundraiser, agent to former Newcastle United players, and MD of Newcastle Ledman, Newcastle Legends, and Major Jorin's books as well. So um, he's obviously normally a very busy man, and um, he actually started this show always uh, many many years ago. But he always forgets this telephone number, which is quite funny. I always find it gives me a nice little chuckle. <laughs> but um, especially that he's the one that's his number. <laughs> so, um, so give me, Steve. Um, obviously, you, uh, you do so many things, but this must be one of the, the best days for you. And obviously, Newcastle United fans, um, we, we're all, um, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a magic day, considering what we've had to, you know, put up with uh, since, we were, since we got actually relegated. Hi Andrew and, and hi all, hi to all the listeners. Um, look, it's it's is it a day of celebration? Yes, it is. It's a day where we should all be very thankful that Rafa Benitez uh, decided to stay with Newcastle United because um, I do feel that you know had it been another manager come in that we wouldn't be celebrating promotion. So I think our thanks first and foremost have to go to the manager and his team around him. Uh, Rafa staying at Newcastle United. Uh, was the biggest signing that we made. Um, he was given the opportunity in August to to go out and spend money, and he spent that money wisely. He he did, as I'm sure you've covered on this show over the last nine months, um, make a couple of mistakes. There's a couple of players who came in who weren't up to scratch, who potentially looked on the surface as if there was going to be 
that we're going to be, you know, world beaters in this division, but I think they've let us down. Um, but there's also been some gems which have been unearthed, some which were already at the club, um, and a couple who have obviously come in as, as essentially bit part players, but have have been a lot more than that. And um, it's been a, it, I wouldn't say it's been a roller coaster of a ride, but it but it hasn't been plain sailing. And I think that. With the expectancy level being so high at the start of the season, I think people were expecting Newcastle to win this league. They were expecting Newcastle to get promoted. As a you know, as a comparison, when we went down and Chris Hutton was manager, you know, a lot of us were wary of the division. We didn't know what it, you know what what we were letting ourselves in for, and there wasn't an expectancy that Chris uh, Hutton and the boys would would win promotion. We had an experienced squad, but. I think the expectancy level for Rafa um, has made this a, a slightly different promotion, a different a different kind of feel around it. And I personally haven't enjoyed it as much as I mm-hmm. as I enjoyed the 2010 promotion, or the 80, you know, the 92, 93 promotion, or the 83, 84 promotion, because those promotions were. You know, they were just different. Eighty-three, eighty-four, massively different because I was only a young child. You know, I was only, you know, I was only like thirteen, fourteen when Newcastle won promotion with Keegan Beardsley and Waddle. But in ninety-two, ninety-three, I was a young man, and and obviously, you know, Newcastle, you know, the, you know, the, the ripped the heart out of that league, and with, with Keegan playing his free-flowing football, and um, you know, all the young Jordies in the team, it was a, it was just a breath of fresh air, and the, the, the ground was changed, and everything was different. The two thousand and you know the two thousand and ten promotion season, we we were knocking you know knocking people for six, you know left right and centre. We had the emergence of Andy Carroll. We had um, you know the, the experience of of Alan Smith, Joey Barton when he played, Kevin Nolan, Steve Harper, and and that was again you know there was a there was this mentality you know the Deacon Blue song booming out of the dressing room at every game. There was a mentality, a strong mentality there. But with with this team, it, it's just. I don't know. Will I? Will I remember this team in in twenty five years' time if I'm still about? Will I? Will I wax lyrical about this promotion? Will I? Will I look back on this with fond memories? I I don't think I will because I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. But I'll, I'll certainly hold the other promotion teams in uh, you know in probably you know higher in my thoughts. But listen, they've done it. I'm, I might sound as if I'm a bit negative about it, but I'm, I'm delighted we're back in the Premier League because. Unfortunately, because our club, like every other club now, is a business, um, it's the league that we have to be in if we're going to succeed and if we're going to make money and if we're going to have any chance of, of all seeing a trophy before we shuffle off this mortal coil. So, you know, it, it is, it is, you know, it is, it is a promotion. We should be celebrating this. We should enjoy it. And I, like everybody else who's lucky enough to be able to get along to St James's Park in May for the the final home game against uh, Barnsley. Will will be there clapping the lads on, whether they lift the first, you know, whether whether they lift, you know, whether they lift, the, you know, the, the the championship or whether they lift the the trophy, which will be, you know, the, the second place, the runners up will be awarded for second place. I'll be there applauding the lads, and it was just a big sigh of relief because, you know, you, 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 if you watched the game last night, it's it followed on from the last three or four months. It's it's been it's been hard to watch Newcastle United, you know, it's uh, it hasn't been enjoyable and. Up until up until the sending off last night, 
Newcastle looked as if they were going to make hard work of it again, and it was just it was it was painful at times. But once the sending off happened, Newcastle got in uh, got into their stride. It seemed to lift lift whatever they had on their shoulders off their shoulders, and um, the performance was a lot better. And we played some of the free flowing football that we you know we came to expect from Newcastle in those opening opening months of the season. And I mean, you know, when you look at the stats. The goal difference, etc., you know, is exceptional. The, you know, we've conceded the least amount of away goals, 17 away goals, which for Newcastle United fans has been <laughs> unreal going away from home and getting that result. We could, if we beat Cardiff on Friday, you know, set a set a club record for away wins, which will be 14, I think, which is which is fantastic. And uh, you know, it's just. It, it's Newcastle United. We never make it easy. We never do it easy. But um, it's you know we're promoted. We're back in the Premier League. We've got to celebrate that. And and I like you and and every other uh, one of your listeners are eagerly waiting, awaiting you know those fixture lists that come out in June. And it'll just be great to see Newcastle against Manchester United, Newcastle against Arsenal, Newcastle against Liverpool, and so on. And it'll also be great to see. Sunderland versus Burton Albion in the championship fixtures when they come out a, a little while later. Yeah, I think that's probably been the issue from the start to finish. It's a, it's a crap league. To watch football, it's awful. And the, the mm. thing, I, the thing um, cause I agree with it, because I think obviously I'm a bit older than you, but when you watch the, um, over the years, I did kind of Obviously, you've got with Rafa, who's the master tactician. Uh, the, the, the fact that there hasn't really, wasn't really a lot of cover, uh, cover for the for Dwight Gale, especially, probably came home, home to roost. And I think watching Newcastle kind of eke out a result uh, every single week, it, it is tough to watch, and you just you just want them to win in any shape or form because I think at the start of the season, I don't know about you, but I never I never thought that we would walk this league. I, I, I was actually quite worried. I thought, oh, but then obviously we brought the players in, and then the the players, you know, they, they, we started off, you know, not that great. So I did thought playoffs. I thought, well, we'll get the playoffs, which is the worst, the worst thing imaginable for, for giving you a heart attack, I think. But um, yeah. that's the problem with. I think the players you get in the championship, you're never going to get what we had back then, like you said, with, with, with the Nolans of this world and the, the Joey Bardens. We had a we had a fear factor. Every time we played a team, they they were worried about getting beat and getting beat heavily. When you play Newcastle United now, every team that comes at Newcastle United has has got a great chance of beating them, which is a bit jarring to see that for me personally because you know you you want them you want Newcastle to pressure them. Now the one thing that it was great to see obviously we got promoted, but the one thing you like you like you said regarding the players. Like a lot of them players, to me, you know, you've got to take a baseball bat to a few of them because you, like I think Alan Shearer and he said, he said you have to be ruthless when it comes to players, and with Rafa, he will be ruthless. But this is the problem, isn't it? But it is, yeah, because in the summer we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We, I mean. If if January is anything to go by, um, you know Mike Ashley, man a few words as we know, um, made the decision, you know, not to spend money. Now, that's his prerogative. He's the owner of the football club. It's his money. Um, he he's just loaned he'd loaned the club, 
he's given the club another interest-free loan, which should, you know, had to be put into the club because of the relegation. So, in his mind, I suppose, he spent all that money in the summer. Yes, he did recoup some from the likes of Wijnaldum and Sissoko. He, you know, Rafa did some fantastic business in the summer to get rid of, you know, those, you know, the deadwood and get the money that he did. Um, and I think it was, a, you know, very much, a, you know, the biggest gamble of the season, not spending in January because every club gets injuries. Every club gets suspensions. You're playing two to three games a week every week. And not to spend money in January was, was ridiculous. It really was. But it was a gamble. And it's a gamble for Mike Ashley, once again, that's paid off. And, and that's what he does. And what, what we have to hope is two things. The first thing is that the money that he didn't spend in January was going, in his mind, into an imaginary pot to go towards a war chest of, of money to be spent this summer because he knows how much he needs to invest this summer to, to even stand still in the Premier League. And, you know, various sums have been bandied around. You know, a lot of people seem to say that $100 million spent on this team um, will, will only help it stand still. But, you know, Rafa's a shrewd businessman. He's got very good connections. And, you know, I'm sure he will, he will wheel and deal and, and do the business in the summer to bring in the right people. But the other question is, will Rafa be the person who's there doing it? Because the goalpost had moved in January. Um no one's actually come out on either side and said what actually happened, but it's fairly obvious that Graham Carr managed to get Mike Ashley here again and dictate to a certain degree what needed to be done in January, and that was nothing. And for whatever reason, you know, Graham Carr still has this influence on, on, the, on the owner of our football club. And Rafa could have got rid of him at the start of the season. He didn't, chose not to. I think there will be, you know, heads that have to roll in this summer behind the scenes for Rafa to stay at Newcastle United. And I think if that, you know, that does happen, then I think we can move on. I think we can we can build. And I think, you know, Rafa's template is there for all to see, you know, what he did at Liverpool. He concentrated on the academy. He started bringing players through the academy. Our academy needs a major reshuffle. It does need to be looked at. We're not producing players. Players aren't coming through. And that's the unfortunate thing at the moment at Newcastle we're having to buy players in you know if, if we if we had one or two players coming through each year like you know they do at Southampton and um, that would be that would be massive for us and we haven't got that right since Kevin Keegan scrapped the reserves and the juniors and the intermediary team and all that it hasn't really been rebuilt Kenny Daglish started started it off again we have an academy there but how many of these players that do well at that level come through? Not many is the answer, and um, that needs to be improved. And Rafa will, will do that. That's what he wants to do. It's, you know, it's a project. He's called it a project from day one, and you know, he, he wants to get that, the opportunity to do that. But you know, will he get the chance to do that? You know, only one person knows, and that's Mike Ashley. And um, you know, whilst we will be celebrating now until you know, the, the final game of the season, the you know the real work starts uh, you know after that the big the big signing again and, and the big you know commitment will be to, you know get give give Rafa what he wants and if if Mike Ashley does that then we are a step closer to you know to establishing ourselves in the Premier League once again. I think when it comes to that's a, actually today was a strange day because I did put it out there today that uh, I was obviously at work in Newcastle and. Um, uh, there was about well, six to eight people who were talking about the, the match last night. And normally I like to get, in, get into uh, show, uh, you know, people to feel where I'm coming from. 
on a few issues with Newcastle. And I couldn't believe it. Six out of eight all said, yes, great promotion. It's just like you said, you know, it hasn't been great to watch. And they all said, they're all worried about the fact that Mike Ashley will obviously not look to back him and bring in Alan Pardew. I couldn't, I must have, I, I mean, I've thought this for a long, long time because I, you know, like yourself, got connections, but um, I like the fact that what Rafa said in January on TV, I love that passion. Like last night, Steve, when, when he got on the pitch and he raised his fist in the air, I love that man because he gets it. Every time. He does, he does, he does, Andrew. He does get it, and he does know what what it will take to to make our team great again. And you know, he, he is the man who, given that opportunity, will will help us win a a trophy of some sort, League Cup, FA Cup. You know, something. He will bring something to Newcastle because he's that kind of manager. But it's whether he'll get the chance, whether he'll get the opportunity, whether he'll get the whether he'll get the financial backing, whether he'll get the control that he wants at the football club, and. That's again, you know, for, for you know, for people who are you know of a certain age group who've been through so much turmoil with Newcastle. That's why this promotion almost is. It, it's hard. It's hard to really get out of you know celebrate it too much because we all know what potentially could be around the corner. And you know that's that's this regime. You know the, the regime of Mike Ashley has, has got us all thinking like that. You know we we're all expecting. You know, a, a, a nice walk through the park, but we all know that somewhere down the line there's a, a huge hole covered by leaves, and we're all going to fall down it again. You know, we're we're all getting sucked in, and I've heard a lot of people say this season that you know if Rafa goes, then that'll be it. But you know, since a lot of people said a lot of things over the years and and not carried it through, and yeah, you know, we will lose some supporters, but the club will always be be bigger than an indi- uh, an individual. But it'll be a bitter pill to swallow if if Rafa does go. Um, after this promotion, and um, there was a couple of a couple of interviews that I saw last night, and he's very clever in how he does mm-hmm. it. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't give a great deal away, and mm-hmm. you know there was you, you can take it as a veiled threat, maybe or or whatever. However, however anybody would take it, but I, I, you're I, right. I, the, 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 passion, <laughs> yeah, the passion, the passion was the passion is the passion is genuine from Russia uh, from Rafa, and you just seen him walking around the pitch last night, and how much the fans mean, and and that got the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because you know you, you know it's genuine. You know, you know he means, you know he means it. You know that he wants to be able to be given that opportunity, and I think, um, you know, I certainly think that another good thing to come out of this season is just unification of supporters. You know, the the supporters groups, Gallagher Flags in particular, um, and Castle United supporters trust. Um, you know, true faith with Michael Martin, and Castle United. Um, you know, the football club themselves, I suppose, as well. NUFC fans united, and then you know podcasts like yourself, and you know the, the, the True Faith podcast, and um, various other you know people who you know put themselves out there to talk about our wonderful club. You know, everyone seems to have been pulling in the same direction this year, you know, and I think that's that's a massive plus because you know in previous years when you know I've you know I've been up there and. You know, I've put you know I've put my views out there and talked about things and you know like campaigned against things and, and whatever. You know, I I just think we've all been you know all had different agendas. But now I think um, it's just great to see everyone pulling together under the black and white flag. And I think if did if something did happen with Rafa, then I think we would be a lot more unified as a, as a you know as supporters. 
and I think that um, you know, I think you know, any any you know, any resistance against the regime would be a lot stronger. But um, you know, it's, it's you know, it's all ifs and buts at the minute. We don't know what's going to happen, Andrew. Um, let's just hope that you know it goes completely the other way, and that Newcastle United uh, do spend the money, give Rafa the money, and um, you know, we have a long happy time with Rafa as our manager because that that would be a lovely scenario to happen, you know. Yeah, I think um, it's actually interesting because I was I was trying to find out this is a bit of a story that you might like. You probably wince a little bit, but, but um, a purse. Uh, I was I was doing something a temporary job, and uh, I heard a whisper that this guy was coming in. He was part part of the club. And, yeah. You uh, come in, and I uh, maybe in me I was trying. If I see an opportunity, I try and get in there, and. Um, <laughs> This guy says to me, oh, I says, oh, I believe you're at the club. And a nice, you know, I think he was shocked that I was talking to him. But and I went, I've got, let me have a guess what the first name of the, of the um, sponsor is. And I said, S. Oh, yeah, you're wrong, like, you're wrong. You're way off base, straight, straight off the bat, you know. And I said, um, oh, I says, well, you know, I have a bit of a show that I do, Steve. Steve, this used to, used to be at oh, Warren Beckham. And I went... <laughs> Well, I says it's like anything on the radio. You might, if you might like to listen to me on the radio. It's uh, and this is a guy in the club. <laughs> and he went, he turned around, he went, no, no, I didn't like him. I says, I, and I, I said, well, you know, he's, he does all these things for the club, and he plays, and he, he's, he's boxing, he's agent. Oh, I didn't like him. <laughs> and I thought I'll give him one more chance. And I went, uh, I says, I says, I says, who's the one person? When we when we wanted somebody to get out there and say something that some fans would resonate with and some would, and I says who's the one? Um, I says can you name me one person that appears that will, over the years has appeared on TV? And he went, oh, he's, he's he's always he's always he's always on there. I says but the things he says on there you agree and disagree with, don't you? He says I. So I says so stop taking the piss. And just get a life. <laughs> and, yeah. I says, and I and I said, yes, I know him. I've known him for a while. I says, but I says, would you rather have somebody who's straight up and down? Um, it does have, you know, think things change and people things have changed. We so lost Pavel and stuff like that. I says, look, we've got that together. Were you with, were you there? I said, were you there? And we did a special thing that you know the ground and says, yeah, I was there. How many people would do that? Alan Shearer get you know doing charity things. And it was funny, mm-hmm. actually changed his perception because that's the thing, you see, if they think it in the club in some respects, it can become poisonous. And they're, you know, they're, 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 I think they're just, even now, they're very, very wary of, you know, things that happen in the club anyway. But for me, two, two things that get to my original point, but I thought I'd share it with, with the... Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, um, when you, to me, there's two ways we can go. And I think it would be best for everybody. To me, I think in himself, I think, and I, it's not a question of knowing my guy, but I think he's gone as far as he can of where he's prepared to go, which I think is fine. Because I don't think every time he talks about Newcastle, it's, it's that, or it's it, it's that. I just think it, it, for his own worth, because he, he gets too much flack from other things regarding his own business. For mm-hmm. him to say, like to me, you know, we've got a lot of people in our community that could make manoeuvres to try and get in a new owner. Obviously, it's happened in the past, but um, to me, 
it, it shouldn't for Mike actually with you Cashner, it shouldn't be about money he's got loads of it he's given us these loans I always laugh when I hear people say well he's given us a loan he's given us this credit the guy's a billionaire several mm-hmm. times over he it does the money side of it shouldn't matter I actually worry about the the bit behind it when it comes to the um, the metro like he's going to be yeah. building, he's going to be building stuff on that well you know I can understand it but for me, he doesn't come across as, as a person that is in it for the long term for Newcastle. And mm. yes, he's been, he's been here a long time now, though. He's been yeah. here a long time yeah. now. And, um, you know, he's lasted longer than a lot of people thought. And, you know, he hasn't been to any games that I've seen him at, you know, this season. Um, you know, at home, he's been to two games that I can recall. Brentford, Brentford away and Birmingham away, back-to-back games when Newcastle were, you know, hoping to sign somebody in January. And the reason he obviously turned up there was to tell them, you know, to, you know, to, to, to do nothing other than watch the games and have a chat with his mates. But you know, it's yeah. I mean, listen, he's been there longer than we thought he would be. And you know, yeah, I mean, you know, the, this next season, um, you know, what's it nine coming into nine years? You know, nearly ten years or whatever it'll be. You know, he's been here a long time. So, you know, he's, his brand is getting more and more publicity. You know, and. He's going into the Premier League. It's going to get global, global publicity again. You know what I mean? So, you know, why would he leave that? It's free advertisement on a big stage, on a global stage. Why, why would he want to give that up? You know, he, he gets that, he gets that for free, season in, season out. The, the one thing I've noticed, obviously, last night, out of all the players that he's brought in, brought in, four out of the twelve were in that starting lineup. Now, it just goes to show, doesn't it? Obviously, he's brought players in. Who's been your Probably the one player who surprised you, who's been the, the most disappointing, I've got an easy one, but for me it's an easy one, but who's been the, the one player that's... The biggest, the biggest surprise, well, yes, is, is, for me it's Kieran Clark because he was brought in as a, he was brought in as a stopgap, he was brought in as somebody who was there to cover that back four because we already had recognised central defenders. He had Jamal Lascelles there, who who'd obviously covered himself in, in, in glory, you know, in the in the relegation season by, you know, standing up and telling fellow professionals that the they were underperforming. And he you know, he, he made he made a, a big point of, you know, you know, just you know, kissing kissing the badge and, you know, doing a Stephen Taylor if you like. But he, he put himself in the shop window, he put himself up there and, you know, he, he looked he looked a good player in a poor team, Jamal Lascelles. Then you had, you know, obviously you've got, you know, you, you then got Mbamba, who, you know, is probably very like Titus Bramble. He's, um, you know, he, he, he'll have a great game, but always make one mistake. And then, you know, after that you've got um, Grant Hanley they brought in, who, you know, they were chasing Duffy from Blackburn for, for quite a while, and sure, everyone sure thought that they, they, they all thought that, they, you know, they, they were hoping to get him in. Um, you know, they had their eyes on on other targets, but you know, they'd, they'd settled on Duffy and thought that Duffy would be the one that they could bring in. Um, but then what happened was, you know, Duffy Duffy was not going to be sold. Blackburn weren't going to sell him at you know at any price, and you know they were you know they were left scratching their heads and ended up going for Hanley. Now, Hanley was never present for Blackburn last season, Championship defender, but when he came in, just didn't perform. So you know the the back four probably was was it was something which they wanted to strengthen and it didn't quite get the players that he wanted to 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 do that job. So Clark was Clark was an added bonus really. He was brought in more as cover than, than anything, but he's come in and he's been absolutely superb. I mean when you bought Richie, it was a straight exchange really for Townsend. 
and we were hoping and expecting him to to produce and and do what he did and you know it's he's been he's been my favorite player of the season he's been he's been superb even when he hasn't played well he's held his hands up he's admitted it but he's done the job that Rafa asked him to do but you know the best the best player who came in and you know was was you know he's you know he's ended up being a big miss in the last few games where we've struggled is Kieran Clark for me um of the players who we had at the club already um Gufran has done what Peter Lobenkrantz did in 2010. He has, he's, he's always had a good engine, um, but he's produced, and again, you know, he's been a revelation under under Rafa. He's he's done the job that we needed him to do. He's he's caused havoc. He scored a couple of crucial goals, but he's you know he he's just got a good engine, and his his commitment's been his commitment to the his commitment to the cause and getting Newcastle back in the Premier League. Has, has been outstanding and um you know he deserves to deserves the medal that he gets at the end of the season and he deserves to applaud it because you know he has really you know really stuck in and and and, and the other one is Paul Dummett who I know a lot of people don't like but but Paul Dummett Paul Dummett's just done what Paul Dummett does you know he's I, I think what we you know what I've realized with Rafa in this first full season is that players who do what Rafa tells them in the team or in the squad, you know, that you know they get they get the games, and um, you know, again, Paul Dummett has been given a specific role, a specific job, and he stuck to it, and you know, he's he's had a pretty pretty good season, you know. I think um, biggest letdown for me by by a country male um, who were brought in in the in the summer is Mo Diarmi. Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's performed to his capabilities. Um, I don't think that's simply down to the guy not putting the work rate in although it does look like that when you watch him play mm-hmm. I think it's finding the right central midfield uh, midfield partner for him and I think that I think ultimately our best central midfield pairing without a doubt is Shelby and Hayden I think Hayden's come in he's, he's done a he's done a great job as well I think Hayden's just impressed you know he comes from Arsenal he's you know he's, he's been a big fee he's been spent on him really for, for such a young lad and um, he's he's, he's going to make mistakes. He's still finding his way in the game. But I think I think Hayden and Shelby's been the best centre midfield pair. And I think Diarmi and Shelby like to play a similar role. And I just think that they don't complement each other. And I think that's affected. I think that's affected Diarmi. Hasn't had a run in the team, and he just doesn't look effective when he comes on. And of course, are the players who we had there, you know, last season. Um, and you know, everybody was expecting something from. From the you know the the attacking options, everyone was expecting something from Mitrovic, and everybody was expecting something from Perez. Now Perez has produced on occasions, but you know he's been left wanting. But the biggest disappointment up front has been Mitrovic, and he's got this cult status. Um, but you know he's absolutely garbage, um, and that and that you know and I don't usually I don't usually slate players, but for me personally. He's been absolutely horrendous. And again, you know, I mean, last night, I mean, why somebody we spent so much money on, you know, listen, it led to a goal, but why Why is a centre-forward squaring a ball to a winger coming in at the back post? You know, why isn't he taking a shot? Why isn't he having a go? And for a big lad, he can't win a header. Um, he's just, he is a disappointment. And, you know, I think we got... I think we got hoodwinked, and I think somebody did very well out of that deal somewhere along the line because he's certainly not a twenty-goal striker, and he never will be. And I think that that's, you know, that that's that that nails it. I think there's been there's been others who've who've done okay. Um, 
you know, Anita's had some great games. He's had some poor games as well. Likewise, Yedlin, you know, I like Yedlin's pace. I like the fact he gets stuck in. But um, I think he's been left wanting in certain games. And I think the fact we lost key players at key times, Andrew, you know, which, you know, everybody's going to do. But, you know, that the, the, the ban in the Shelby was, was a big, big thing in our season. That could have, you know, it, it, we didn't play well without him. That unsettled the team that had just got into that rhythm in the, Septem- the September-October period, you know, when we went eight games unbeaten, eight wins on the trot. Um and then you know, we've lost, you know, Richie lost form. We lost Richie for a little bit. Then we lost Kieran Clark. You know, and key key injuries at key times. These kind of things can upset you and, and, and mean that you miss out on promotion. But um, but you know, it's been you know, it, ultimately it hasn't. And you know, the the table doesn't lie. Newcastle United are the second place. They're now promoted. They're back in the Premier League. And uh, you know, we, we we should all be thankful for that. And like I said right at the start of the program. Thankful for you know for Rafa Benitez you know deciding to stay at Newcastle United because without Rafa at the helm, um, I do think that Newcastle would have struggled to you know struggled to get promoted this season. Yeah, I think um, the, probably the, the biggest the biggest thing is for me it's now we're because I think we're, we've now got a basically well, two weeks haven't we before the end of the season, so it could you know you would think there would be an jet ready. From Mr. Ashley, somewhere along the line, this, that, to me, there has to be a, an immediate response to what's all happened, and you know, clear the decks. You know what I mean? You've had you've had a relationship for twelve months. Okay, you know, get a meeting, have a coffee, whatever, have a glass of vino. You know, the money's come back. The the money that they want is going to come back into the team. I think when it looks, the thing that worries me, Steve, I don't know about you, but a few, I think a month ago, the Chronicle went with a headline. Mitrovic is staying. Now, mm-hmm. when I read that, that yeah. got me more worried because the only reason that would come out is if Rafa Benitez is leaving. Because mm-hmm. you don't go with a big headline like that unless you, you know something. Because he's not, Mitrovic is not a, a, a player who would will be able to function under... Um, the thing that stunned me probably all season is that last night he finally understood what he was doing you know yes he put a good pass in for Atsu he missed a few a few like I actually thought if, when he headed the, the, the ones that he had he had several chances didn't he but you could think I bet you Dallin Murphy would have scored them goals if it had been on his head mm. because he's got more you know the thing is you, you, you've got to have that killer instinct like I couldn't imagine the, the chances he missed. Alex, Alex, you know, no wonder he's having co- he's having convulsions because when he watches him, he thinks, "God, give, give me that chance, give me that chance." I actually thought mm-hmm. that Preston's uh, player last night, um, who was up front, was a pretty a, a handful, but he understood his role in the team, didn't he? I think that's a yeah. problem. Uh, like yeah. it, you must think it's going to cost more than a hundred million for for Rafa to to get this team because we get. Because if we've got, you know, all this stuff about Newcastle have got 30 million or 60 million from previous sales, it means nothing. There's, there's so much money that he's, that's there anyway. Like, to me, he would, he would to me, actually makes his money back no matter what, what we do anyway. Like, I believe that even on match day, it's irrelevant now because there's that much money in the, in the Premier League that they don't make money on match day at all. It doesn't even doesn't make, make a dent. But um, 
player of the season. I, I, what was your thoughts on Dallo? Because people like a bit surprised that he got dropped last night, and I actually thought it was quite nice to see Rob Elliott back in there because he, he's he's a bit more of a domineering character, isn't he? I think if Rafa stays, I think he'll completely rip the heart out of that back four and 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 get a new goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he'd be interested to see what Tim Krull's like. Um, but I do not think um, we will see Carl Darlow or Rob Elliott start next season. Um, I, I, I think Tim. I think if Tim Krull comes back, I think Tim Krull will get the opportunity. He's a Premier League. He's a Premier League keeper, but. I think we may we may sign a new goalkeeper. I think Rafa I think Rafa would make that his priority, um, and I think he will make a, you know he will make massive changes at the back four. I think Dummett would survive, um, you know any cull. I think he likes Dummett, um, but I think he would I think he would just go for major surgery on the back four because he builds his teams from the back, and his back four tends to remain unchanged as well when he brings them in. But Darlow Darlow's been okay. Um, He's got a cult following, of course. People, people like you know, people like him, and we seem to have this mentality that if they've got a good song, then they've got to stay no matter how badly they play. Uh, but Darlow, over the last few weeks, for me again, is you know, he's just he showed a few signs of nerves. But I think it's down to the fact that the back four in front of him hasn't performed well, and you know, he's pulled off some great saves. I, I think he's had a great season, but I'm not sure whether Carl Darlow will, will, will you know, will start next season. I'm not sure he won't be involved. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just thinking out of, you know, you know, just out of what Rafa's done in the past, and you know, he likes a big name keeper, he likes somebody to come in and, you know, to to, to command the area and command the goal, and you know, Darlow's got inexperience, um, you know, he's done he's done well, he's got a, you know nearly a full season under his belt, but I I wouldn't read much into what happened last night, um, but I think what Rafa was looking for last night, my mind is. Is that he, he was looking for an answer to the defensive problems that we've had, and you know we we had to do something after conceding those goals at Ipswich. You know Ipswich had nothing to play for; they had the flip flops on, you know, and, and getting ready for the summer holidays, and you know they, they you know they completely you know took us apart. So you know he's done it with he's done it with Lascelles at the start of the season, um, and and I think that was that was what he did last night. I mean I haven't seen any reports to say whether Darlow picked up a knock or whether he had a virus and. He certainly looked well enough when he was walking around the pitch at the end there. So, you know, I think it's just Rafa saying, you know, nobody's nobody's undroppable. It's a huge call uh, to do that. But, um, but yeah, I think I think next season we will see a change. And I think if Rafa's there, he, that's where he'll start because you know if you look at all these other all the other teams that he's been to, he, he likes a good strong back four. And I think we all know, um, you know, that this team this team has, you know, done well. In the back four, doing well this season. You know the goal difference tells you that. The amount of goals we've conceded away from home tells you that. We've been very nervous at home, which has been a surprise. But um, is it good enough to stay in the Premier League? Definitely not. We all know that. And uh, it it may it may have to you know it may have to be a case on other parts of the pitch where it's make do and mend. You know um, we may have to. You know, may not. You know, it, de- it just depends what we get to spend. You know, it depends what you know what happens with the wage bill, and you know, there's, there's a few players who are going to be leaving because their, their contracts are up and they won't get re- won't get a renewed contract. But let's hope they're on the case now and they're looking at it now and it all gets sorted out now because you know, you know, the sooner the better, really, from our perspective. But you know, we, we we're all sitting here waiting for. We'll be waiting for the first signing, and it needs to be a statement of intent, really. 
I thought that it would have been your thoughts on the captain to, to, to Mal Lascelles. Uh, I actually thought he should be dropped last night because he's been absolutely horrendous the last couple of games. But um, what have been your thoughts on the way that he's dealt with the captaincy? And um, as in, well, you know, he's, he's the captain of the biggest team in the world, really. So. Uh, was a strange, it was a strange appointment given him the captaincy, and I thought it was going to upset the apple cart with Shelby, to be honest, because I think Shelby thought it was a given he was going to get it. Um, I think most people expected Shelby to be the captain this season, or maybe give it to Richie, you know. Richie's very vocal, he's, he's an organiser, he's, he's always telling people, you know, positions, and, you know, he, he does it in a very good way. I've watched him all season. Richie would make a great captain, and, uh, you know, Lascelles getting it was, was a surprise, and, you know, maybe not, not, a, not a massive surprise, because... As I say, at the back end of last season, he, he was very vocal, and you know, in the team that got relegated, he, he you know he, he almost well, he almost helped Rafa pull off the great escape. So, you know, it was it was a strange one, but we don't have a day-to-day working with these people. We don't see what they like in training. We don't see what they like with the lads behind the scenes. Um, and obviously, you know, he's got a mouth on him, and he's prepared to talk. But I think I think he's inexperienced to get him down a little bit this season, and I think. Certain teams at the second half of the season, from January onward, have targeted Lascelles. I think they've, they've you know, especially at home, um, they've, they've, they've located a weak spot in him. They see that he's not, you know, he can switch off. He hasn't got a great awareness of what's going on around him, um, and he won't, he won't put his foot in. And, and I think those two things have been targeted since January onwards. And you, you watch back to some of the goals that we've conceded and. It, it, you know, in many occasions, myself, you know, has been to blame or he's been there or thereabouts, and it's it's had something to do with him in the lead up. So, you know, I think the nervousness that he's shown and uh, has affected Darlow behind him. You know, but those two two lads have played together for a long time now, so you would imagine they would have a bit more of an understanding. But Newcastle United and St James's Park is an unforgiving place when you know when when things aren't going well and. Uh, the atmosphere this season, like I said again at the start of the shows, it's been it's been very nervous. It was nervous again last night, you know. Very little singing, very little, very little cheering, and you know the little pocket in the Gallagher, you know, tried their best, but the rest of the ground was sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen. And uh, you know, there, there was like a nervous relief when the first goal went in, but then you know back to you know, nail-biting, and it was, I mean, it was a cold night, don't get us wrong, but that's more the reason for standing up and clapping and singing, now, I would have said, to keep yourself warm, but but it's um, it's been, you know, it's been like that, and, and I think that's affected the players, and it, and it does, you know, I've spoken to a lot of the ex-pros yeah, doing talkings over the over the last few months, and I've asked them the same question, you know, what, why do you think there's certain players that you know, are, are feeling it, you know, and they said because it's an unforgiving place and, you know, if you have 52,000 people cheering you, you know, you are like a 12th man, but if you have 52,000 people moaning and groaning and grumbling and, you know, sighing and whatever, you know, it, it does get to you and, and you, you're less reluctant to get a hold of the ball or show for the ball, you know, you're always eager to pass it on and he says that, you know, a lot of the lads have said that, you know, that's that's what they're seeing there, you know, and it's, it's disappointing, but, you know, the, you know, it, there's nothing we can do about that now. It's it's been and, and done, and you know, we you know, luckily we've we've managed to avoid disaster. We've been promoted, um, but it's again, it's something that Rafa, I'm sure, will look at for next season in, in the kind of players that he attracts. You know, he needs experience. There's no experience really in that team. Matt Ritchie, yes, the army and the squad, yes. Um, 
I suppose you would call Gufran experience because he's played at Newcastle, you know, a considerable amount of time. And you know, but it's you need the, you know, there isn't a leader in that team. And your question about Lascelles, isn't it really? And uh, you know, what do I think about him as a captain? I don't think he's done a captain's job. I, I think, he, I mean, he, you know, he he's done it. He's put the armband on, and you know, he's he ultimately. You know, he's, he's you know he was Rafa's pick, and he, and he's led the team. He's led the team to promotion. So well, well done to him. But at the same time, you know, has he been like a Kevin Nolan? Has he has he when the chips were down? Has he managed to have I seen him in there telling people, you know, giving people a G up or putting his arm around people and and whatever? No, I haven't. And and for me, that's that's what a captain's about. You know, making sure that he's got it. But he might not do it on the pitch. Does he do it in the dressing room? You know, maybe he does. Maybe that's why I got the job. But um, it was a strange selection um, at the start of the season, and uh, you know, I again wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, well, next there's no season way he's going to be captain next year. I think it's, I think, um, I think he's been lucky. I think if, I think if that had the goalkeeper had been situated, just say Robert come back a bit earlier, I think he would be given the only one because. Yeah, I, mean, I think I saw he was on the bench, wasn't he? There was a picture of Rob going up to the, up his box. Uh, there's something that was going on in the pitch, and Rafa was having to calm him down. Because um, that thing, Rob, Rob's, you know, got a mouth on him. He, 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 he's not a shy lad. Like you, you've met with Rafa. Have you met with him in the? In the yeah, I've met him. I've met him about four times this season. Um, and I mean, you know, I've obviously very good friends with his agent and with his lawyer. Um, you know, they've, they, you know, we built up a great friendship now I've obviously got to meet them at the start of the season and uh, you know I've sat with them all the way through it it's been a been a different campaign for me rather than sitting in the own seat I've been sitting in the director's box with them and you know been privy to a lot of the conversations and a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the a lot of the you know a lot of the talk and you know it's, it's just been a, it's been a different a different aspect for me you know normally I've Sat with me mates and sat with me, me dad and me brother in the Gallagher then, but this time we've all been sitting together in in the director's box. You wouldn't have thought I would have been saying that a few years ago, but mm. but I mean ultimately I've you know I've I've built up this friendship with him and it's um, I'm hoping you know I'm hoping to stay and hoping that hoping it blossoms because you know if it if it does then it can only be meaning you know Newcastle are doing well and, and, and the club's doing well. But Rafa's great. He, he's just like. He's just like you and I, you know. You would, you would chew the fat with you or any of your listeners if if he bumped into you in the street. You know, if you started talking to him about, you know, you know the goal we conceded last night, or you know the penalty that the penalty that was scored and then was then disallowed at St James's, he'd be as passionate as you and I about. Him. That's that's the that's the beauty of Rafa. You know, you could sit down with him and and, and he'll talk football. He's a football man first. You know, first and foremost, he 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 loves his football and. Uh, you know the people who I've met around him this year. You know his his old coaching staff from from Tenerife um, and Estevada, and uh, you know they, they've all been over to, to to see him. They've come across and watched him take his training sessions. They've they've come and they've come and watched the games. They've you know they've, you know he still still has great connections around the world. You know I've met so many different people through him this year, different coaches, different people who run academies and whatever. And it's. Uh, it's been fascinating, you know, but he lives and breathes and he eats football, and uh, you know that's that's why Rafa has been a success because you know he's always analysing and and, and counter analysing things, and uh, you know even last night when when the, when they were doing the lap of honour, um, you know you could see him, you know 
putting his arm around players, congratulating them. But then, you know, as 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 a, as, as it was all coming to a, an end, and Matt Ritchie was just saying goodbye to the to the Gallagher end, you know, Rafa came across to him, put his arm around him, and then they were talking football again, and he was yeah. he was talking about something that you know something that had obviously happened in the game, and Ritchie was going yeah, but this, and then Rafa's going yeah, but no, and you could just you could see him getting animated. You know, and it was it was a positive, but you just thinking that's Rafa. You know, he's had his he's had his two minutes. He's walked around the pitch. He said thank you to the fans, which he always says is important. But then, you know, it's back to business again. He's already thinking about the Cardiff game, you know, and and, and how he can he better. Does, how he, he never does that, does he? No, really? Well, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It it was good, and you know they'll do the same against uh, against Barnsley, whether they yeah. whether they lift the championship or whether they get the second place uh, the second place trophy. There will be a big display in the middle of the pitch, and you know it's yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's, it's a nice opportunity for the fans to say you know thanks, and and for Rafa and the lads to say thanks. So it'll be a proper party atmosphere against Barnsley, which will be great, you know. Well, obviously you're you're now. Um, I've I've seen that you've. Obviously, you're doing, the, you're doing the football side. We've done one thing together on that. One, but what's it been like with regards to the football side of it and getting involved with the younger, the younger side of it? Even though we've had an issue with the, an older one, but um, what's how's it? How is that? How is that working out now for you? What on the agency side? Or mm, yeah, the agency side's been great. I mean. You know, it, it, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things. I didn't want to go, I didn't want to go hell for leather and just sign a load of players and not be able to look after, look after people. But I've got, you know, I've got two players signed on my signed up with me. Um, one, one Scott Fennick, the other one who I'll be registering in the next, you know, in the next week or so with the FA is a young lad at uh, Carlisle called Luke Lloyd. So, you know, I've got two two lads who, you know, essentially, you know, I'm I'm going to and you know concentrate my efforts on on their career you know i've i've had a couple of you know a, a couple of other things which i've done in the past you know with with ex players and they're the ones who push me in the direction of of going as, in as an intermediary but um but yeah look you know it's you know for me it's it's just the same as looking after boxers you know i look after i look after a few fighters now you know based out of south durham gym and you know it's just man management it's looking after these looking after these you know players and making sure that you know, I can, I can, you know, try and get them a move if they want or whatever, or, or you know, if they need some boots, whatever, having the contacts. And it's, it's early days for me. I'm learning. I'm, le- it's a learning curve with that. But, um, you know, I'm, I am learning. And, uh, you know, Scott, Scott Fennick, of course, is, you know, he's coming at the end of his contract at York. So we'll see, see which division they're in first and foremost, and see what he wants to do. But I'm going to be meeting up with Scott tomorrow um, to, to discuss that. And then, you know, obviously Luke's in his second year of his scholarship next season, but. He's just played. He hasn't played for much of the season because first years don't get much of an opportunity. But then through injuries and what have you, he's managed to get in the side four weeks ago. And in the last four games, he scored in each game. Uh, they've won each game, and he's scored scored four goals in four games now, which bodes well for him. One of them was against Sunderland as well, so uh, that was even even more of a delight. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been you know it's, it's been good, but let's see a long uh, you know just starting off on that path. So. Not really a great deal to report on that at the minute. Is that, it's interesting actually. Lee Johns is on the line. He's, he's obviously one of my regular guests. Um, he is his cousin of Scott Fennick. <laughs> I was just yeah, going to say. Right. I was just. I was just going to say. But you better look after him as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got I got the tweet from Lee when uh, when he signed. You better look after him, mind. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Scott Scott's a great lad and just hasn't had the opportunities this year. But when he's had the opportunities, he's um he's took them with both hands and you know you know. 
the goal that he scored, it was a penalty. He took, he, he had the balls to, to step up and take the penalty in the semi-final to get them at Wembley. So I'm just hoping he gets the opportunity to step out at Wembley. Whatever happens, he'll be on the coach. He'll be going down to Wembley with York City. It's a memory he'll never forget. And then, uh, you know, his, his future then, you know, where, where that lies, who knows. But, um, you know, if he gets offered a, a new contract at York, I'm sure he'll look at it and... Uh, you know, if, if he doesn't, then you know, um, you know, I'm going to have to find him a new club because he's contracts up. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm seeing Scott tomorrow, so you know, I'll have a clear idea of where he's heads at tomorrow, and we'll see where we will go. But it's, uh, it's great, you know. Just see him, just see him Make sure he took them over or something like that. Ah, I will do, mate. I will do. <laughs> how, how old is he? How old is Scott? He's a striker. Twenty six. 26 and still got so he's still got you know still got a few years ahead of him yet and uh, the next move's a big the next move's a big move if he does go so you know he's you know he's focused he like he's a home bird he likes to be you know in and around you know as close to the northeast as possible so you know it, it's it's just what what offer comes on the table he's got to look after himself at the end of the day he's a professional footballer so uh, you know I'm sure you know I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in him there's, there's a lot of teams who you know every team needs a striker. Um, you know, and, and well, Scott, you know, Scott, Scott proved he can do that. You know, he's done done well over the years, and you know, Hartlepool, a lot of Hartlepool fans have got a lot of respect and time for him. Um, so, yeah, being interesting, being interesting meeting tomorrow. I'm sure we'll see see how things develop. In the boxing, are you still doing the boxing? Is that, is that coming to an end? What are you doing with that? No, no, the boxing's okay. I mean, at the, at the weekend, yeah, it's, it's a hard living. If I was relying on that to pay me bills, I'd be living in a tent in your garden, Andrew. To be fair. <laughs> Um, it's, not, it's, it's not. It's uh, not It's not. It's not a game where you can make money. Yeah, I mean the show I did at the weekend was was brilliant. We had 800 people there. Um, I had two title fights for, for my fighters. They both they both won the belts, which was great. But you know the, the show itself broke even financially, um, which again a blessing. But it's you know all that work, eight weeks work, and you don't get paid. <laughs> Um, and you know that's the frustrating thing. You know you're working eight weeks and working hard to, to promote a show and, and, and to, to put a good show on. Um, everyone turns up, look around and think, oh, if promote, I'll be making a fortune here. Yeah, but you know the, the bare reality is you're not. You know, and it's, it's so difficult. But people say, well, why do you do it? Well, it's because I'm a boxing fan, and you know, mm-hmm. for the last five years, I've wanted to try and help you know local boxers achieve their dream and you know take them to that next level. And you know, there's there's been a lot of rivalry. There's been a a fair, a fair, a fair smattering of you know um, backstabbing going on, which is what happens in the game. But you know, ultimately, I've just risen above it, and I've, you know, I've, I've managed to stage some great title fights. You know, and, and ultimately, the you know, the big one was doing the under doing the undercard for Joshua a couple of years ago. So we're hoping, you know, now that they're signing up for Fighting Chance, you know, it takes the pressure off me a little bit. I'm I'm going in and working with Fighting Chance, who who has been one of my rival promoters, I suppose you would call them. Uh, but I'm going on side with them. I'm going to help them build their brand up. But it means a little less exertion on my behalf. And you know, two two forces coming together means two sets of sponsors working together as well. Um, and you know, we, we just pool our resources, and it it just means it means slightly less shows in the northeast, which is a pity for boxing fans, I suppose. But at the same t- at the same time, it just means that you know, there's less pressure on me. I have got other things I want to do, um, and. You know, I, I don't, I don't like to spread myself too thin, and I have got a track record of giving, giving everything me all. But at the same time, you know, if I feel that something's not working, or you know, I've given it my best shot, and I can't go any further, then I'll, I'll move on. So, with the boxing side of things, you know, if if it doesn't work out with fighting chance, will I come back and promote again on my own? I don't think I will. I've, I've done five years. I've enjoyed it. Um, I'll continue to enjoy it as long as I can. Fighting chance. 
and then uh, you know then we'll go from there. But um, no, great, really enjoyed it, and you know to, to have the opportunity to be involved in the professional sport is a wonderful thing. You know, as, as somebody who's a sports fan, you know. So when I'm you know if I'm ever, if I ever get to the age where I'm sitting in my rocking chair, I can look back with, with satisfaction on on what I did in the boxing scene up here. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve. We do appreciate it as ever. And, uh, no worries, mate. Good to speak to you as always. And uh, good luck, good luck with the, the rest of the uh, the show. But uh, nice to speak to you late. Take care, lads. Oh, see you, mate. A lot. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, it's interesting, obviously, when it, when it comes to your cousin Scott Fenwick. Um, what's been? Um, obviously, he's been at York. Uh, he played a lot of games for Hartlepool, didn't he? Um, it's a bit of a uh, he didn't there? have the. He didn't. Uh, if I'm talking about well, like he, he had a great start at Hartlepool. It was superb. Mm-hmm. They, they looked like they were going to go down. When he came in, played without fear. He was outstanding. Um, one of the best players, and when they stayed up, um, he grew. He grew so much. He was. He was just. He just turned from um, boy to man. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, what could have gone wrong for the lad did go wrong for him. Um, he was in out the side. When he was in the side, he was actually scoring goals. And for one reason or the other, when when Billy Painter got fit, he was kind of just um, kind of put to the sidelines. And we ended up asking for a, a transfer. Well, not a transfer. He got an opportunity to go on loan at Tranmere. Just on the base, he wanted to play football. He just wanted to have a game. Yeah. Um, and it was the right decision, I thought, at the time. And uh, but he went. And about two weeks later, I think Billy Painter got injured. Um, so he would have played football at. Um, at Hartlepool, so it was it was a shame. So what what could have went wrong from last season did go wrong from now. Obviously, he got released. He, he went to York, and he, he hasn't played a great deal this season. But you know, he as Steve said, he scored that penalty, massive penalty for York to get them to win. But he hasn't played much kind of since. Um, but he's got uh, he's got big heart. He's driven. He hasn't he didn't have he hasn't had the best of years. Um, you know, you know, he just I think. He's just been a little bit unlucky, but he's certainly got the, the drive and desire to, to keep going. And I'm sure, you know, I, I, I personally would love to see him back at Hartlepool. Um, they deal with someone like him at this moment in time, and I think the fans feel that way as well. And, you know, if they get if they get relegated this season, and they're in the conference where you're off, I'd love to see him back there, because I used to love going down there. It helped me actually <clears throat> fall back in love with football when um, Mike Ashley was uh, well, basically taking a piss, as he normally does. Um, so... I, I have, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to um, see him back at Hartlepool personally because I enjoy going down there. <laughs> and he's a, he's a home bird. Steve is right about that. I think, he, I think he just want to stay around the, the northeast, probably just for his uh, nan's cooking and things like that. <laughs> well, hopefully once he speaks to him, that's the thing. It's lots of clubs. I must, I know it's a bit farther away, but I always seem to see uh, Peterborough take a lot of players from. I think we took. Um, uh, O'Donnell, I think, from uh, Gateshead, he went down mm-hmm. to Peterborough, and they've got a very good track record of um, bringing players in, and putting them in, bedding them in. Um, whatever happens, whatever happens to him, it's a, uh, the next. He's, Steve's right. He, he, the next move is a big move. a big move from because um, yeah. you know he is. He's 26. He's 26. He came in the game late. I think it's wonderful that. Uh, I mean, the the joy and the joy and um, the joy is a family we all got when he. When he played, um, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I've seen all sorts. Um, uh, I've seen all sorts. Newcastle do things which are quite simply amazing. I was in Feyenoord when Bellamy scored that uh, last-minute winner. But uh, the day Hartlepool stayed up um, against, yeah, I forget the name. I hope it was against the time Clint Morrison's team from the great, 
when they stayed up on that last day of the season or second off last day of the season. He scored the first goal, and then Jordan Hugel actually, who scored the second goal for scored the goal for Preston last night, got the second goal. Um, I've never felt joy like it. I, I really, I mean, I had all the family were there. It was amazing. And then when the game finished, there was a massive pitch invasion, and he came over to his dad and my uncle, and there was a massive outpouring of emotion. I've never seen that like. It was probably one of probably most special day I've actually had at the football match. Then I might have seen a lot of good things at Newcastle. <laughs> I was going to say so. Obviously, last night, I'm sure Scott will get, get a good club. Steve's very, uh, does a lot of due diligence and, um, you know, contacts so. now. I but, hope so. I think he's made the right move going to Steve. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, I think Steve will look after him, you see. Like, you know, plus, he's, you know, he's just, you know, Steve's just started himself. So, but he knows that people, even, even we, some, you know, we've got somebody a job um He's no he's no he's he's someone who can actually scoop to one like his last agent, I think, so I think that'll be helpful. Um, well, that's the thing with that that's the thing with Steve, isn't it? What he what he sees, what you get and tells you how it is. There's no middle ground, he says this, 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 this and this. That's the good Absolutely. thing about it. Yeah. So tell me, obviously last night I, it, a lot of things you were there last night and um you know, it's painful to watch your time but then eventually it went it went the way that we wanted it to and then the call out the day this morning, as I said to Steve earlier. Uh, people are obviously worried that he might not stay. Give me your give me your take on the the, the match last night and what he, and uh, you know obviously I I love the I love the fact that when he came out at the end of the game he's fist in the air um, when it comes to Rafa. It's it, it's it's brilliant really what what he's done for this club and um, I think you're right I think obviously I've, I see your tweets as well and um, Newcastle get devalued I think especially the fans the way that we we want our club to do well and. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how we get there. We just have to get there. He, uh, he, he picked up, he picked up, and uh, literally an uh, an empty shack. I mean, I'm, you know, you're not just talking, you're not just talking first team here. You're talking, uh, you know, there was nothing in, there was nothing in the shed. Now, every like we've said it before, all the teams, every single, every team at every level was losing. You know, uh, there was no quick fix to, there was no quick fix to this Newcastle United. The club as a whole, you know, it, need, it, it needs rebuilding. It still needs rebuilding. He's not even 12 months into his contract, man. This 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 club needs reinventing. It needs rebuilding from top to bottom. You know, Mike Ashley and whoever else have, have just let it go absolutely still. You know, the, the community, the club was so far apart. Like you could have stuck Australia in the middle of it. You know, there was no there was no camaraderie. There was no relationship. People were just walking on the mats like like zombies and. I, uh, you know, when the season kicked off, everyone, oh, Newcastle going to walk the lead, Newcastle going to do this, Newcastle going to do that. And then the day, Newcastle, if you, if you take Sissoko, you take Wijnaldum, you take Andros Townsend, and you take uh, Jan Matt, uh, those four, four players were big four players for me. And ultimately, probably all those four players that I've just mentioned to you there would probably have got a Newcastle side all season. So that, that was a big chunk of our side where he lost. And he, you know, he went about rebuilding the squad, the squad, not necessarily just the first team. He made sure we had ample cover try and get over the line and everyone has treacherous this season Andrew was their cup final regardless of what anybody says every time Newcastle's rolled in the town there's been sellouts or oh, want to see Newcastle and things like that mm. Rafa Benitez so we've had to deal with all those kind of things you know, he's changed the mindset away from home our rear record before the season kicked off was absolutely shocking mm. and it's currently one of the best in the country um, and yeah we've had that little stutter at the end um, but ultimately we've gone over the line we've, we've, we've done exactly what we're set out to achieve and now our future again lies in the hands of the owner um you know uh, uh, Rafa Benitez clearly has a blueprint for Newcastle um 
whatever he's going to do with us isn't going to happen happen overnight. Um, I'm not talking winning trophies. See, I'm not talking mm. gambling and talking about European cups and stuff like that. But would I be comfortable with him giving control to try and develop the club? Do I believe he would make us competitive in a way that we would look to try and challenge the top seven of the Premier League eventually within the next couple of years? Why not? Why not? You look at the Premier League as a whole. Take the top seven out, the top six out. What's it got? What's it got? Why, 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 why couldn't the club of Newcastle sides be up there? You know, you know, they can be. So everything, everything's positive at the moment because we're being promoted, and I'm going to try and enjoy the next couple of weeks. But then, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be worried about, you know, the summer because Mike Ashley has history, unfortunately, and you can't get away from that. He's mm. he's a billionaire owner who's convinced the fan base over the last five, six, seven years that he's actually skinned. You'd think he actually worked in Poundland. Um, so. He's a billionaire, and if he wants Newcastle to be competitive, um, he could make us competitive. Um, and I think he could make a damn fortune out of the club if he gets things right. I mean, you've got that commercial deal coming up from the for the stadium, sure, um, not stadium, for the um, you know the um, the shirts coming up shortly. Yeah. So you know that, that again, commercially selling shirts, things like that, it could like that could go massive because the Wonga's getting ripped off it, you know. <laughs> I think the interesting thing I, I've touched upon, I think a lot of these sponsors, well, you know, it's, it's big money, isn't it, these days? They're probably waiting. No matter what um, the club might say, and people seem to say, oh, it'll come together. A lot of these sponsors probably, a lot of the sponsors are thinking, well, who's going to be the manager? Because you're not going to invest all this money into Newcastle being a Premier League team until you think, okay, well, we've got a tried and tested world class manager. And then. Wow. You know, you could if it doesn't go the way we want it to. As as when I spoke to people who work there, and I told Steve this, that six out of eight people were worried that Alan Pardew might come back without even me opening mouth. Andrew, so, you have to Andrew, you have to question. You'd have to question Mike Ashley's sanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he lets things now run down the river, mm-hmm. because let's be honest, Andrew. A lot of people only stayed around at Newcastle United season ticket-wise last season and came back. Not necessarily just stayed, but actually came back, actually signed up for the season on the back of Rafa Benitez in the Championship. I mean, near sellouts in the home, and, and certainly home fans, all season in the Championship, man. It's absolutely crackers. And if somebody gets it right here, I mean, look, then the day, we might actually, I'm quite happy to be led bygones, be bygones. You know, he's made some he's made some mistakes, absolutely monumental mistakes. I mean, Christ, I, I can't forget them, and I'll not forget them. But he's got an opportunity here. He's got an opportunity to make this club a success. Success would be stabilising us in the Premier League and then have a, having a clear plan, a clear vision to take the club forward, not just on the field, but off the field, behind the scenes. Put some, put some structure into it. Put some structure into it when, when he does walk away as our owner. That we'll content, we'll we'll we will be stable, and we can make. Let's say remain competitive, remain up the top end of the table, like maybe your Man United, your Liverpool's, your Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea's on the back of Roman Abramovich, but you know, Man United stay there, Arsenal stay there, things like that. Why not? Why why can't Newcastle do that? I'm not trying to. I'm not being rude when I'm saying that. I just think the city itself is is vibrant. It's a footballing city, and it could be what it wants to be. Uh, you know, I would say that in a similar vein. For our little, for our, our uh, littlest neighbours down the road, I think they've got the, I think they've got the capacity to be kind of, 
what they wanted to be within the league. But, you know, I, I think the dead ridden which in the next club are quite happy to finish 17th and above the mark. So I don't think that'll ever change that their mindset. Um, but I want Newcastle to be competitive. I don't want them just to exist. I believe if uh, Rafa Benitez stays at Newcastle to the end of his contract, that would suggest that Mike Ashley is going to allow him to try and manage as he wants him to. And I think within the next three years, I think we have a lot to be excited about. I really do. Yeah. I think, um, I'll just ask this question to Steve. When, when he, who's been your major player for Newcastle? Who's been, there might be a, there might be a couple actually, but who's been your, um, one of the best players you thought and the worst player you, you thought this season? Um, obviously you've got a couple of more games to go, but um, and plus we'll talk about uh, Darlow being dropped last night, but who's been, who's been the player that's most affected you and your son this year and who's the one that you feel has, under, has underperformed for Newcastle? Um, I think standout player, I think I think you've got to see um, Matt Ritchie, to be fair. Um, probably would have been... I, actually, I, I think Matt Ritchie... Dwight, I think Dwight Gale was always going to score goals. I, I, I thought that was always going to happen in the Championship. Um, I think I, I, actually I'll leave there Dwight Gale and Matt Ritchie. I knew Matt Ritchie would do the business. I knew Dwight Gale. Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark. Yeah. I think, I think Kieran, Clark, Kieran Clark came in and everyone was like, wow, what's he doing here? Coming in, darling, darling, darling. Everybody was the same. I think if you, look at, if you look at it all the season, um, when we lost him, we missed him. Um, yeah. He's turned into a really, really solid top performer. Uh, LaSalle certainly missed him when he wasn't there. Um, he also brings balance with his left foot. And, you know, Rafa's clearly worked with him. You know, Aston Villa used to play Marlowe, left back, left wing, sometimes in midfield. He's clearly a centre-half and he's, and he's been top draw for us. So it's a big test for the lad next year. I think he'll, I think he'll be part of the squad, certainly moving forward. He's only a young lad, but... Uh, I think people can easily say that like to Matt Ritchie and Dwight Gale and things like that. But I think Kieran Clark, um, bit of an unsung hero, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. If, if you're asking us who I'm slightly disappointed in, mm. I would say Jarmy. I think I've got to say Jarmy. Um, I think he should have, I mean, in terms of say, coming as a signing, he should have done better in this league. Um, should have really took games by the scruff of the neck. Um, he's just supposed to be part of that problem problematic number 10 position which we've had all season between him and Perez really um, so I, he's disappointed a little bit um, but he's played his part they've all played their part and I wouldn't I wouldn't hang any of them out to dry every single one of them at some point and I don't know or another has played their part you know use Daryl Murphy as an example you know he's come in three four five games where we needed a centre forward when Gale was struggling he scores three games on three games on the belt so that's four million that we paid for him because of the Premiership money and the TV money, that's paid for itself, really. Yeah, I think, uh, Woody, I think, I think that my, but I have to say it's definitely Kieran Clark and um, Matt Ritchie for me. Just mm. the way, I think they're probably, I think I've, when I spoke to Steve about it, I can't see just myself being Newcastle captain next season. I think he's done a good job, but he's got a lot to learn, I think, when it comes to, you know, the way that he plays, um, he does for a big guy. But he's, to me, he's only a young lad, isn't he? I, just... I think Andrew. I think if Rafa's still here, I don't see him changing his captain. I think he'll remain club captain. I really do. I think Lascelles. Uh, you've got to bear in mind this is Lascelles' is actually first full season as a as a player, yeah. I would say, because yeah. you know he, he was a bit part of Forest. Um, mm. He came into us. He never played any games. Um, mm. He was excellent in the last six games of last season. He said. 
he said in the he said also in the dressing room what needed to be said. He hung some of our top pros out <laughs> top pros. I'll say that with a gritted teeth. Um, what needed to be said, he, he did the right things. I think Rafa allowed him to do that. Actually, I think he actually just let him let him let off steam because I remember Rafa didn't come out after Southampton. Um, so it's been tough going for him. You know, he's done well at times, and then he hasn't. I, I would I would imagine Andrew, if you you know you're looking at the squad and things like that, the likes of Grant Hanley, maybe Rafa looks to bring in somebody who is going to be a number thir- three centre half but with a little bit more experience, who can maybe lead the young lads and teach them a little bit, you know? For example, John Tay's name has been mentioned. I'm not well, necessarily saying that. I think the one that's, that's been, it's Ryan Shawcross is the one. Ryan Shawcross. Well, again, again, he's an experienced centre-half. You know, he, he, he's dirty, he's horrible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the kind of players you kind of need. Maybe, you've got to bear in mind, Lascelles is 22-year-old. He's 22-year-old. Mm-hmm. His first full season. He's done all right. And he took on a massive burden taking that captain's armband on, mind. Mm-hmm. Massive burden. You know, after the last uh, shite that we had, we used to sort off to Argentina mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give up on myself yet. Not at all, not at all. I think I, I, I'd like to think the kid has a big future, and I hope, I hope by the end of next season, a lot of people are apologising to him. Yeah, I think when it comes to, um, I can't. The thing is, obviously, there's a lot of talk about John and Terry going here and everywhere. There's no way, no way that bloke stays in England because. You know they they get they get into this um, thing about staying at one being at, at their club one club, and the, the fact that John Terry, the fact that he's I can understand why he stayed all season, but he hasn't played. He hasn't, I think he's probably played less than fifteen games. Now, no, he's not played many games. He hasn't played any games, and it's, and for me it's like that's the thing they get lulled. You know, to me a competitor is a competitor. I think. Um, like I would personally, I would love to see John Terry in a Newcastle shirt. Um, he, he obviously was short. I think Shawcross is like thirty. I think he's at least thirty. I think he's maybe thirty-one, thirty-two. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, I think when it comes to Newcastle team, there's death. There's going to be an absolute bulldozer going through that team. I think um, Atsu. I think he's just in a way. It's just why Newcastle didn't pick up the option to get uh, you know to take him on permanently. But you never know, there might be in his contract. Of the, because, yes, he scored a goal. He scored a couple of goals here and there, as I too. But, again, he just look a bit light. light a bit like uh, Paris, isn't he, really? You know, he's light, lightweight players and against the big boys in the Premiership next season. Like, I would like to see a lot of players come in that maybe, even from the Championship, some players that will take a risk, a risk on because they've got pace and they've got ability. Um, but when you look at that team and the way that we have played uh, since uh, you know, we've won it we've got seven points from nine against Red when we played Red and Brighton and uh, Huddersfield. You know you know, we've kind of limped over the line but you know when you look at the points that I think um, it's the most number of points ever in the championship season to go to to go to one and two and three and four compared to other seasons. It, it just shows you how tough it's been for Newcastle. But like I think um, you know when it comes to it, but to me it's a it's a major problem with the fact that once Gale goes out of that team, we definitely look ponderous and plodding, don't we? And uh, I think that's what I think Steve mentioned. You know, watching Newcastle most of the time is it's not pretty to watch us. We're not we're not like going gangbusters when it comes to playing teams. Like like I think I expected us to be a bit more. A bit more full throttle. Is that what you thought? Or you, 
because obviously a lot of it's been plotted, but what's your thoughts on that? You know, we're still on the show quite a lot. I, I still, when we uh, when we talk with Neil, I, I don't think we've ever hit um, top gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually don't. I, I don't actually ever think we've hit top gear. Um, I think there's been more on the side. But um, we've always set up to make sure we're we're difficult to difficult to beat. And then he believed that if we were difficult to beat, we would probably win more matches than we would lose. And he's proven to be right. I. I you would have, you wouldn't you wouldn't change you'll not change a lot in terms of how we play in terms of our setup. Um, I think it's quite clear that we need to add pace in certain areas. I think we we'll lack that going forward. You've just touched on Gale and things like that. Um, so I think you'll look to try and add pace in certain areas because I think we'll be a counter attack. I, I do think we'll be uh, under Benitez in the Premiership next season a counter attacking side. I think we'll look to set up solid ground at the back. We'll, we'll let teams come on to us because they're better. And I think that would suit the way he is trying to mould the team together. Um, you know, obviously, if you if you add better players, better players who are carrying the ball at greater pace, it will it will you know will make your threat going forward more. Currently, no, we haven't really got a lot of that. We'll be sitting in a lot, and we'll be. But I, I would imagine he's got targets in mind, Andrew. I would imagine he's already had scouts out. I would have, I would imagine deals potentially in terms of conversations with. Um, Agents have probably taken place. I think uh, Steve wrong. mentioned that. Um, I think in the with regards to what happened in January, I think we are. I you know, like I think you would think if he's got control, there will be announcements and a, a few of those guys who you know, the reason why he didn't get the players in. You would think a few of them might lose their jobs uh, if because that's the one thing I'm looking for. If if the, if he is going to stay, you would hope. That a few few of them would lose their jobs, uh, because obviously Rafa. If I was going to get take back control, because currently I don't think he's got the control of the team, but he hasn't got the control of the club in respect of Ashley. And I think I would like to see that. That, that would give me more. I think will give the supporters the fans. I think the, the main thing the main thing he needs to have control of is things that are actually relevant to making the club on the on the football pitch successful. Yeah. You know, and if. If he makes the club successful on the football field, things behind the scenes, which I would imagine interest actually a lot, commercially, yeah. you know, would light up his eyes because he, he's obviously interested in pound signs. And I and I don't think he really gets. I don't think he's ever got a handle on that. If he makes Newcastle successful, which you know. If I go back to my early days when I was going to watch us, when we broke the world record transfer fee for Alan Shearer, yeah. and the whole world was talking about Newcastle United, um, that can happen. Man City's success didn't happen overnight. It's happened because an owner come in and said, right, I'm going to plow loads of money in and make you one of the most fashionable teams in world football. So it can happen. It's, it's the same with Chelsea. Chelsea weren't a brand until Abramovich. Mike Ashley, at the end of the day, again, Andrew was a millionaire. Mm. He's not a businessman from Poundland, which he has really kind of uh, pushed forward. So it, it's on him. At the end of the day, Andrew, he, he, either, he either wants to... He said in an interview two years ago, mm. he said that he was going to bolt the horse. 
That was his words. I'm going to board your horse. He has the perfect opportunity right now, right in front of him, to board the horse and set this club on a, you know, I think a beautiful journey under this manager. I really do. I think that going into the town at the minute's great, match day and things like that. And did you see and seen him going around the pitch last night, man? He's yeah. a class act, man. It wasn't about him, it was about everyone else. He shook everybody's hand, man. Yeah. Uh, he looked like he was getting teary. I've seen a few shots. Yeah. Obviously, I couldn't see it close until I got home in the chair. But I, I really do think he's just, he's, he's connected the fan base, much like he did at Anfield. You know, I think he sees similarities in terms of the areas. Um, not necessarily the success of the clubs. Obviously, Liverpool's is massive, but, you know, I think he... The working class background and things like that. I, I think he's he's look, he looked at that, you know, the moral fibres of the area, and I think he actually likes that. Yeah. I think he likes that. Mike well, Ashley needs to. Mike Ashley needs to get. He gets. He gets Newcastle. You know, he gets Newcastle fans. I think that's normally. Obviously, when he went, remember when he went to Chelsea, they treated him like a like a cockney spit, didn't they? Really, when when he when he went there. But um, I think that's a bit. You know, with Liverpool fans and the way Newcastle fans are, we you know they get it, we get it. We might like each other sometimes when it comes to Liverpool, but you know the, it's the same background, isn't it? The, when it comes to us and them, and you know I, I just love the way he ran the pitch and he had his hands in the air, you know, like fist clenched, because he understands it. You know, we've got first time I, I, obviously since Bobby Robson and Kevin Keegan, um, I think we have a perfect balance of a of a manager. You know, obviously you had Keegan who went along with it and brought so much energy to the place and you had Bobby Robson who, who had a, a bit of everything, didn't he, really? But uh, when it comes to how what players to get in and how we play the game and how we want us to be set up in certain situations, like we have the perfect manager. And, you know, you, you say it yourself, when it, when, you, when it comes on TV, the whole place goes quiet because, you know, we, we understand we, we've got something special here. He's a wonderful man. There's no doubt he's a wonderful man. It's nice to have somebody. It's nice to somebody. It's nice to have somebody like that. He's not only a nice guy. He's, he's very. He's a very. He's a bloody. He's a very bloody good manager. And they don't. They do not grow on trees. They don't grow on trees. And the fact. The fact even again. I've, I've said this a million times again. Just repeat so the fact he's here under this regime. I still find is absolutely staggering. But it, it's it's on the basis. It's definitely on the basis that he looked at us and thought. I want to stay in England. Christ, look at the size of that club. What can I do with that? And I think when he comes, he's just like, wow, wow. And that outpour of emotion against Tottenham at the end of last season, he thought, Jesus Christ, if I can sort this lot out. If I can sort this out. I mean, he felt love at Anfield, right? Yeah. But if he sorts us out and he wins us something, he will not know love like it. He will not know love like it. They will, will build a, a million statues. A million statues. Build a statue on every corner of uh, Newcastle. Yeah, I think um, I, I, that's, I don't think it's. I think people are like uh, I think they always, they always try and put us down. I've noticed in, in the media and stuff, and awesome. they always say, well, you know, even if we finish, even if it, we we'll go back, obviously go up next season, we we finish mid mid table around that. Like I'd be quite happy with that. Like, over you know, the moon, over the moon, over the moon, because you don't want to be in the relegation because you, you know it. it it takes a lot out of you mentally anyway. With the need a, Andrew, we need to lay foundations. We need to lay foundations again. We need to we need to establish ourselves. Unfortunately, we aren't. We, we have to... Well, anyone else who gets promoted from the championship has one goal. Staying in the league, establishing themselves. We can be no different, of course. Rather than eaters, we'll have 
will have his own ambitions. I would imagine he'll keep them close to his chest, but he will want us to exist. But none of this Tom Noddy finishing 17th and, uh, you know, Peyton Pension Monument, red and white, because they finished 17th. That, that can't be allowed to happen. If Newcastle want to strive to be successful, that, that means Mike Ashley has to get on board and, you know, take it on. Take it on. Move the club forward. One thing I would expect next season is um, if he's here, if we are, if we, we if we can finish mid-table, unlike what we did in the Cups this season, certainly the FA Cup, is trying to have a go to Cup. You've got nothing to lose on having a go to Cup. I mean, none of that rotation uh, rubbish in the FA Cup, and we had a conversation about that when we went out, saying if we're having the same conversation this time next year, if we're getting knocked out of non-league side or Oxford or whatever, then obviously we'll be disappointed if we were mid-table in the Premier League. So... I, the problem is with Osandu, it's all ifs and buts now. I'm going to enjoy the next couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, um, something will go down the, the, the day before the day before we play Barnsley and that will last end the season and I'll be having a yachty party, like a proper yachty party. <laughs> I think, um, actually, the one thing we haven't talked about, I've had a hunch about this for a while, but I think when it comes to Mike Ashley, I think he's been here 10 years, hasn't he now? The other Newcastle nine or ten years I think personally this is the perfect time for him to let go of the club now I just think it's the fact that we're waiting for a a sponsor to come through I think he's had enough Um, the fact that he had a puppet obviously he had his puppet Benitez uh, when it came to him bringing in you know other players you know, you this, early in the season, every time we talked about Newcastle, it was like it was a bane of his existence. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, he's making money, but I do think if something happened, it could be anybody, couldn't it? Couldn't be anybody that could come with a bid. I definitely think he's he would, you know, he would definitely look to get rid of it because I just think he knows if if he's not really that invested in it, you'll you'll give it you'll give us money here and there and could be the perfect time to buy it, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I do agree. I, I do agree. Could I be think the perfect time to buy it. I mean, if you're an investor yeah. and you look at the uh, and you look at the potential in Newcastle United um, and Rafa Benitez is currently the manager, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? I think the only problem is because the Chinese have been buying everything in his granny uh, the last couple of years and. Uh, the only, I can't actually the only one that's bought a Chinese team that seems to be okay uh, is West Bromwich Albion. Now the only ones that I can think of the top of my head that have been bought, um, they're, they're going along. You know, like the, the if he if he wants money, Pulis wants money. Uh, he wants to strengthen and get rid of players like Berahino. Um, it's to me, it's it's probably the only club. I, I don't, can you think of any other club that's had a Chinese? Well, look, I think it's uh, Birmingham City, probably the second one that, uh, you know, they they got taken over and they got they brought in Zola. He didn't last too long. But I think the only one that's done well has, has been West Bromwich Albion. Uh, and that, they've just been bought. But they're not stupid. They just they said, OK, we'll give you whatever they want. And the team, the team that they're watching are doing the business. So, you know, that that's from the only worry for me. But it would... But it's it's that, isn't it? You you always think when you before you even bought it, wouldn't it be great to get an English billionaire who would get get football in essence get it, and mm. then when we actually get somebody that buys it who is English, we get the biggest numbers in the whole world to take us over. So 
it's all relative, isn't it? Business. That's the thing. It's seemingly, it's, but it's seemingly, it's seemingly the people that are your points around them. Yeah. But that, but then again, he seemed no, no, actually no. He, he's the Ayatollah. I think everything. I think he makes. I think ultimately someone will go to him and say this, Mike, and he'll either just say yeah or no. I think he'll do the. The old Caesar, the old Caesar, uh, thumb up or thumb down. I really do. I think, I, I, you know, you kind of, you know, when everyone thought in January the press would be in there meddlesome. I was on that opinion as well. I was like, what are they doing this for? What are they seeing that for? But they were right. <laughs> they were right. They were clearly right. There was a problem. Um, and there's no doubt about it. If we brought Andros Townsend, and I think would have been up as champions, champions about 10, 15 points ahead of um, Brighton by now. I really yeah, do. I think yeah, I think, well, I think the fact that he tried for numerous targets, not just at Townsend, it, I, I agree with, I think we would have been, I, I just, you know, we're not dealing with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. This, this, I think it's it's all relative that the fact that the papers come out and said, well, you know, <laughs> a lot of the time these maidens cost Ashley money. Well, you can imagine some idiot sitting next to Ashley going, he's not playing, he's not playing, this is costing you this, that and the other. It's not about money. If you've got, you got that much money anyway, it's not about money because it's like, well, you know, come on, just just make us money. But I do think this could, this to me is, it, it, out of all the times to get rid of them and get somebody else that has a bit of muscle bound and is football minded, is definitely now because I don't think he wants to. I think Steve said, yeah, he's been here for 10 years. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to be going anywhere fast. But I do think this is the year uh, that. Something could happen. I got personally. I haven't heard anything. Um, normally, I always bring in if I hear something. But um, I haven't heard of any. The only time I heard something was uh, the Chinese. I take you know might be interested, but that was a long time ago. That was the start of the season. But um, I definitely think if he. But again, is is he gonna? We'll soon know about it if he decides because he'll he'll have to go look. He'll have to actually make the effort to get a get the club taken over because. Um, you know, the Dubai especially been burned by him a couple of times now, so because yeah. he welches on deal, that's the problem with Mike Ashley. You know, we could have been taken over by that guy that now owns Man City. You know, he, well, I think I, I think the big thing is with Ashley though, I think he enjoys the fact well he's back in the, he's going to be back in the Premier League, and I think he enjoys getting his brand advertised all over the global market, mm-hmm. all over the world, because the Premier League is pretty much on every TV. I mean, doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. yeah, I think he likes that. He definitely likes that. I think that's been his big nest egg. I mean, basically, you go into St. James's Park, I know, and he's turned it into a giant sports direct carrier bag. <laughs> you know, I, I know, exactly, yeah. So, you, you know, that, know. That, 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 in essence, advertises his brand. It doesn't matter where it is, you know what I mean? So, you've always got that. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, actually, we've got, we've got Chris Parry on the line now. So, Chris, good evening. Uh, give us your take on, obviously, we've just had least take on you Cashiers. Obviously well we're all kind of it's nice to we're all relieved that Newcastle United are up now, but uh, we're all kind of wondering what the next move in this ever so proper when it comes to Newcastle United. What, what's your take on it? Well it's fantastic uh, what happened yesterday. I got a little worried. I was actually uh, at the doctor uh, with my wife. Uh, we're we're in the process of uh, trying to uh, have in vitro, uh, you know, fertilization, so we can uh, be, you know, get she, she can get pregnant. So mm-hmm. prayers for us for that. But yeah, um, 
but so that'll be uh, you know, that'll be next week. So I'll miss next week's uh, talk. But uh, yeah, no, guys. I mean, when it was one to one, I was starting to get worried because it seemed like the fans were starting to get restless, and and of course, Atsu's goal came at the perfect time, and it just settled everybody down. And of course, the I don't know what the heck that defender was thinking. Of course, the championship referees, you'd have thought that they probably would have just called that a save. Like, oh, it's a save. Let's go. Let's continue the game. You know, as bad as they've been this year for Newcastle, but they were actually able to score the goals and get the victory. But when we're talking about Rafa and Mike Ashley, I just keep thinking that Rafa is the first manager that Mike Ashley has hired that has the pedigree to basically tell him it's my way or the highway and you're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that Kevin, you know, that Keegan was was obviously one that could do it, but he has not been as successful as as, uh, as Rafa with the titles and whatnot. I mean, Rafa can, be, and and I think that Ashley called his bluff a little bit in the January transfer window, and it's almost cost him what he really wanted was to get to the Premiership. I mean, uh, I think that you know Newcastle's kind of got in here by their skin of their chinny chin chin because they were playing so well and doing so many great things. And then it all just came crashing down in January with Ashley pulling, you know, pulling the stuff he's pulled with other managers and other coaches before. I hope that he's learned his lesson that he's going to back this man because this is not John Carver, okay? This is not Steve McLaren. This is a guy that has been there, done that, and is not going to mess around. John Carver. Do you guys agree? John Carlo. Wait, John Carlo is the best um, best coach in the football world, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, guys? Like, this is not – I mean, Mike Ashley's been able to kind of pull this crap with other coaches, but I just don't think he can do it with Benitez, and I think he learned – the he's learned – he got lucky. He didn't learn the hard way. The hard way would have been he screwed with it so bad that Benitez left or that Newcastle capitulated and they were in the championship for two seasons and not one season. He kind of got away with his nonsense in January, and I'm hoping that he learned his lesson and say, okay, well, I got lucky. My team's back in the premiership. Let's just let – Let's let let's let Rafa Benitez pilot this thing, and let's see how far we can go, and see if actually I can get my name everywhere. Because it's really difficult. It's amazing that Newcastle is as popular as it is, and it really shows the dedication of the fans and the support of our club that we can go down in the championship and still set attendance records. Still, view people are viewing it all over the all over the world. You know, most teams. I'd like to see how many Arsenal fans. I mean, seriously. How many Arsenal fans would actually stay with Arsenal if they went down to the championship? Go How many Jesus Chelsea fans? fans? The crying Arsenal fans are crying about being seventh in the FA Cup final. Being seventh, yeah, sixth or seventh. Let's let's fire Venga because we're seventh. How many Chelsea fans would have actually stayed with the team if they went down to the championship? Not How many down. Manchester United freaking fans? All these people that have been front runners their whole lives. I, I just think that it just shows how great a club Newcastle United is. Absolutely, totally agree on that. I think uh, when when that, that that to me is probably being lost, isn't it? It's like uh, a lot of pundits, especially, have been saying, "Oh, you know, like um, Rafa's going down, you know, going down to the, the championship. He hasn't got really got the experience that, which he has, of course, because he he brought Valencia up in another couple as well. So, you know, it, it's it's interesting when they all try and say, well, this was expected. Did anybody really expect Newcastle to win it, get promoted, um, in the with two games to go, 
Like, I, I, I'm no, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be a final day thing. I really did. I did think as long as Rafa stayed with the club, I thought they could do it. But the fact that it's so it, it, it wasn't comfortable the last month, guys. It would have been really comfortable if they would. Don't you guys think that if they would have backed Rafa, that not only would have Newcastle been promoted, they would have won the championship by a mile. I would have. I don't think they would have lost. I've just. I've I don't just think, said. I've just said there, Chris Andrew. If he, if Townsend had come in in January like he wanted, we would have already been promoted as champions, probably ten or fifteen points ahead of the rest of the league. You're a great. You're absolutely. I totally agree with you. I mean, we're in a total agreement. I mean, we would have set a points record. We were flying, playing terrific football on the road, playing decent enough football and scoring goals at home. Yes, we'd been pipped a couple times by Reading, but that happened. No big deal. It was a slog because of what took place in January. It really, really was. And it's kind of a shame. And I, like I said, I hope that they learned his lesson. You've got to bear in mind you haven't really. If you look at it in reality, Dwight Deal got injured, got his hamstring injury um, at Burton Away when I was in Disney on Paris at Christmas. And we haven't even been able to call on him since then, really. In reality, we've lost our... He was on 22 goals at that point. Twenty-two goals at that point. We lost our, you know, our talisman up front, pretty much for half the season. We haven't been able to rely on him. So, if we brought Townsend, it would have just give us give us that little bit of pace, little bit of kick. Rafa could clearly see that. He knew he didn't want to gamble on the club's um, Premiership, uh, maybe getting back to the Premiership. He knew he just needed a little bit here and there. But he looked at, he, but also he thought about the fact that Andreas Townsend would be able to do it if we got up in the league. So it was a no-brainer. Yeah, you, know, you get up, you get the TV deal, but I actually gambled the gear. He loves a gamble, doesn't he? Yeah. I know that's a that's that's a thing, isn't it? You, I do, I do put. I've said it, I'm going to say it again and again, but this is the perfect time for him to say goodbye, because I think with him being in charge, we're always going to like you know, Chris. I, I mentioned this to Lee. I mentioned it's funny. Yeah, I go into work in six thousand eight people already think Alan Pardew. I already think that he's going to come back to Newcastle and it's going to be Rafa on his way because um, Mike Ashley knows how... Because, you know, he never, he never sacked Alan Pardew, did he? He might have oh, been, been, been close a couple of times, but he, he, he never sacked him. And then he's free, he's available. He, he keeps on... Even this week, he's been talking about Newcastle being, about being unfinished business. <laughs> I knew, man. The ground would be empty, man. That would never happen. Gentlemen, I think that if that happens, I think that would really test Newcastle United's fandom. I mean, I really think that the people would people would not. I mean, I oh, think Chris, the club would. I really Chris, think. I mean, I really think the club would just capitulate. Chris, it would be done. No one would turn up, Chris. It would be done. That would be it. It would be done. I mean. There'll be no coming back from my after that. But then again. Again, I've said you plenty of times on this show, you're pointing the joke, and they're not once but twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know, guys. I think, uh, of course, I do think Pardue kind of backed himself in a corner. The problem with Pardue is he kept finding excuses for losses. You know, he kept – it was the – when he blamed the fans, I think, one time, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, I mean, it was not – and he seems he always has an excuse for why his teams don't perform you know whereas Benitez he'll sit there and take the criticism you know hey it was my you know I made you know I made these choices I made this lineup out 
and uh, and and the, because Benitez has the pedigree and has the titles and the championships, he can say that type of stuff. He can do that type of stuff, and that's why let's just pray that Mike Ashley doesn't lose his mind and just lets the man do what we know he can do, which is turn Newcastle United into a top five club. I'm not saying top one. That'd be nice. I'm saying top five. Last night, Chris, last night, Chris, um, you know, when, when obviously the game was over, he went around and mm-hmm. shook hands with every single, every single member of staff, every, every single member of staff in the dugout, every single playing staff on the field. Um, making it about them, not him. Alan Pardew would have probably um, took his shirt off, started swinging it around his head to allow the lads to get off the pitch and went and did a lap on his on himself. The total difference in contrast between the two of them. Me, me, me. You're right. He is very me, me. He was very me, me, me oriented. All about Whereas the Benitez is about is about the collective team. group and team. We're all in this exactly. together. And this is what the cl- this is what the club needed so much, so much. McClellan, McClellan actually did try and do that. He just, okay, yeah. he just wasn't up to task. Nice man, but he just wasn't up to the task. Benitez is world class. The fact he's here again, I'll see it. I keep seeing it. It's staggering under this regime. Mike Ashley has an opportunity now to push the club forward. He either it's it's either make or break for Ashley now. You know, they, they can't. There's no middle ground on this. He's a businessman. If he wants to make Newcastle successful and make himself money. Let Rafa Benitez get on with the job because ultimately, Mike Ashley, uh, Rafa Benitez has saved Mike Ashley's arse. Much like Chris Hutton did when we got relegated last time, he's got us back up with the first attempt. Got a lot to be thankful for those two managers for, Anna. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about, I think for both of us, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see both of this, Chris, you can go first, but the interesting thing is when every time Newcastle have um, chosen a team, especially previously before Rafa got there, there will be absolute uproar on social media, in the fans, in the grounds. Every time Rafa has picked a team, there hasn't been any blowback because of the respect that Newcastle fans have. Well, I mean, I don't know about that, guys. Social media is ridiculous. I went on Facebook, and I basically told all those Facebook fans, I'm like, you're out of your freaking mind, you know, slagging off Rafa Benitez right now. I'm like, are you crazy? You know, Oh, I don't like the team selection. He should be. I'm like, well, dude, I'm, <laughs> the, man, the man has us in first place for almost the entire season. We have suffered so many injuries. I mean, let's go back and think of the guys on the team that have not been at, like exactly what we said, <laughs> that have not been able to be on the pitch because of they were injury. And, and yet we've still found a way. Guys, we could even win the title. If I'm telling you right now, Brighton seems like they've taken their foot off the gas. They've qualified, and and hey, this is great. And I, I, watch watch Newcastle win the whole thing now that they don't have the pressure of the world on them. They can go play free flowing football. Watch them win out. I think that's the one thing Lee uh, probably just touched upon, Chris. But um, wouldn't it be nice for the two games that got left, we just play um, relaxed football? Can I, can um, I put? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I would like I would like to see two up front and then one up front. But like I just that's the one thing I'm hoping for that now we've got it. The players even last night with the nerves. That's the one thing that worries me about Newcastle's players. The current crop, they're getting nervous when really it was all there for them. They obviously we started quite well, but that's the one thing that makes me think. Well, well, it's obvious he's gonna. You know, you've got to even think, I think somebody mentioned it in the week, that 
you can imagine a, a championship team who are going down, um, coming in and think, well, okay, we'll spend seven, eight million. I can't remember how much uh, Dwight Gale cost, but um, you can imagine a, a, a team would come in and say, right, okay, we'll, we want to do exactly what he did for Newcastle. Um, and we'll spend this amount of money to get him to get him the team because I do think once Rafa Benitez is ready, ready you know guess guess what we all want he'll take a slam at that team because I think Rob Lee said it perfectly last night didn't he he said well yeah there's 10 million players that Newcastle have now got to buy players worth 30 million just to be able to yeah no these days are yeah these days are gone of of getting of getting inexpensive players so I think this go ahead. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I still think there's some players at the club we can develop. I think we've got a relatively young side. I think what you kind of touched on about the, uh, the experience thing, maybe you would have needed an experience set up there for a little, little time just to maybe say, come on, lad, pull everyone together. Because Lascelles took it all on his shoulders, that lad, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, I think, like, actually, I think we... You know, people saying, rip the whole team up, right? You keep that rich, you go to rubbish. You develop what you've got. You try and work hard with the players that you've got. Of course, there's going to be lads who are going to be let go. Probably the likes of your Hanley's, your, your Daryl Murphy's. You know, I mean, to be fair, like, we can lend... Well, actually, no. We'll not lend Daryl Murphy to someone, just let them rot. Um, no, you know, you could, they, they, they'll go to a championship club next season and obviously do a good job. They were brought into this club to do exactly that same. Anyone who's dropping out of the Premier League this season should look at the Newcastle blueprint and make sure they've got a strong squad to deal with the demands of the, um, the, demands of the championship because obviously you play a lot of games. But if we can go and get five or six footballers, five, five good footballers, and he works with the, what he's got... I can't see any reason why we couldn't um, cement ourselves um, in the league and start to try and build and move forward. Ultimately, it's all about staying up next season. Anyone who sees anything else is, you know, deluded. Let's just mm. get set solid foundations, put something in place which can allow us to move forward in time. You take the top seven teams out of the Premier League and things like that. What's it about? I think West Brom at eighth or something like that. How am I? They've got James McLean playing for them, for God's sake. You know, so, but they, yeah, because but the but all they are, Andrew, is organised under Tony Pulis. They're difficult to beat. Rafa Benitez makes me makes me couple in the championship difficult to beat. He made us difficult to beat in them last six games of last season when we went unbeaten. And nearly stayed up. So I just think if we can have a solid base and add some quality players moving forward, i.e., I'm talking pace, because I think regardless of what I thought of Sissoko. And obviously you had Townsend and Ronaldo. They were very, very quick. The three of them. Three of them were quick. True. And yeah. when, we, when we were playing counter-attacking football, it worked in those last six games under Benitez. So I think we're going to need to add pace moving forward. But I think, we'll, I think if Benitez here, we'll build some solid foundations. And I think we'll be difficult to beat next season. Yeah. No, I completely agree with what Lee just said, guys. I mean, it's, the worst thing Newcastle can do is try to tear this thing down. Oh, now all these guys that just did this job, thank you very much. Now here's the door. You don't, you don't do that, and I don't think Benitez is going to do that. I mean, these guys all deserve all the accolades that they are going to receive because they went down and they got the job done. What now the reward is we're going to kick you off, you know, we're going to send you packing. I, I think that it's going to be more of a strengthening uh, of, the, of the spine of the club with pace on either wing, maybe even a little pacey defender. I mean, Vernon Anita drives us crazy, but I'll tell you one thing. The man has been a servant for the club. You know, kind of like Jonas Gutierrez. He drove us crazy, but yet he was a servant for the club. I, 
what I'm interested in is how many players do Newcastle have on loan, and are they going to get these guys back, or are those loans are like due to permanent moves, and that's going to be it? Didn't the didn't the forward the the, the Dutch forward that we've been waiting on does hasn't he already come out and said he wants to come back? I mean, he's a fantastic player when he's playing with confidence. If Benitez can get the confidence out of him, the young. Yeah, 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 Cindy Young. I mean, he was fantastic. He just, it was like he lost every bit of confidence playing for Newcastle. And I don't know if he's got it back, you know, playing, uh, playing in the Dutch league again. I don't know if it was necessarily his fitness. Um, um, I think oh, yeah, he was, was always, you're right, he was always, like, what did he have, like a lung problem and all fit. kinds of stuff. He was never fit, yeah. Chris, never fit. I, I mean, you're right about the kid, because, well, the kid, I, I've seen him actually rip Man City apart in the Champions League. Um, a year before we signed him, I thought, Christ, how are we getting him at this price? Now I know why we got him at this price, because he's made like straw. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I mean, that's, but, I mean it's kind of like... Benitez has apparently been keeping in touch with him, Chris. Yeah. Again, showing the mark of a man. At the end of the day, he's on our uh, books, and Benitez has been in touch with him. Always chatting with him, apparently. I think he just wanted to, he wanted him to play, didn't he? Because there's a definite player in there. And that, that's the thing, when, when he... I think when he, before he got injured, he was in, doing really well in pre-season. He was flying, wasn't he, a couple of years ago. And then, you know, because he, cause he, the, the he was the captain of that, of that team uh, when he came from Holland from. So he had, definitely had pedigree. But I, I think it's, it's a bit like, to me, I, you, you, want him to, you, want, you want him to play, but be fit and ready to go. Because I, I, I think Steve Hastie would, would always turn around and go, a number ten, a number ten. You can't for a number ten, and it's right. We we just haven't. I think with Rafa, I think he'll do a root and branch of the whole team, and I think he will. He will take a sledgehammer to most of that team. Like I can't. I'll be surprised if Modiame stays, because if he. See, I I agree. I think he is going to stay, guys. I think he is going to stay. I think a lot of these guys that you think are going to are going to be shown the door. I think. He's going to reward their what they did this year, and he's going to very least he's going to give them a chance. You know, I mean, there could be a lot of movement maybe in January, unless these guys want. Because remember, he's talked about this is no longer a stepping stone club. If you come to play for Newcastle and you give your heart to the shirt, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stand by you as well. And I think if they start sending people packing, that would to me that would that would be like a little disingenuous to the message that they're trying to send. I kind of like the way Bournemouth has done it. You know, Bournemouth kept a lot of their guys, and they've added a few pieces here and there. And look, and look how much stronger they've become. I never thought they'd be as good in the Premiership as they it's are because I think, I think they've kept the, the, the framework of the team. He's developed them. He's developed players. He's developed players not necessarily just from the Championship. He's developed players actually through the leagues. Yes. Absolutely, and and then and then you go get a Jack Wilshire. I think it was Jack Wilshire. I mean, you know, you go get a couple guys that are, that just kind of help. I'm sorry, when it comes to the Premiership this year, I just haven't watched it very much. It just depressed me, you know, to to, to, to that Newcastle wasn't in it. So, I mean, I, I think I guess Tottenham and Chelsea are fighting for the title. I could care less. All I care about is next, you know, is is when Newcastle's in it. Standard wise, Chris, it's not great. Honestly, that's why I was like pointing about West Brom. West Brom are about seventh or eighth at the minute. And you know they under Pulis they're just well drilled, they're just well disciplined, they defend well. Um, I, I think I think if we can go in and we can add, and I think Rafa, the pull of playing for Rafa Benitez, um, I think 
I think will attract players. I really do. I think uh, why wouldn't you want to come play for the fifty-two thousand screaming Newcastle fans? Why wouldn't you want to come to one of the greatest places on planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned? And if 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 this club is allowed to if this club is allowed to be vibrant, um, it can be what it wants. It's not only it's not that long ago when this club was actually challenging, and um, unfortunately Freddie Shepherd and. Hall and all that didn't take it on, didn't set solid foundations. Mike actually has a chance of doing that now. He actually has it. He actually has a chance to lay the foundations behind the scenes, get things right on and off the field, and make Newcastle competitive. Can be done. It's just, it's just. Well, I mean, dude, even Glenn, it. even Glenn Roder, even Glenn Roder had Newcastle competitive. He drove us crazy with you know, as, as Gaffer, but I mean, even Glenn Roder had you know had Newcastle doing yeah, some yeah, things. Yeah, it's just been. Yeah, Dan yeah, in, in the backroom staff, didn't he? So you had yeah, it'll be interesting. I just I'm looking forward to it. I just and I and I swear to gosh, if they build like a training center or a training ground in London, and they try to tell they try to tell players that you can play at Newcastle, you can live in London but still play for Newcastle. That is the wrong way to go, in my opinion. You fall in love with this club, this the area the fans, you take it all in or you don't come. Yeah. Plain and simple. Area's fan- Plain and simple. Yeah. Area's fantastic. The area is fantastic. Vibrant. One of the best places for me. I love it, man. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, but, you know, but these rich, but these, and that's the thing, I, these rich European guys or who you didn't grow up in the UK or whatnot? I, I don't know. They don't seem. It seems to be you either got guys that really get taken to Newcastle and just love it. Like Mitrovic seems like he loves Newcastle. I mean, my gosh, because he has been messed over like nobody's business with regards to with regards to playing time, and yet I don't ever hear a word come out of his mouth. You know, oh, yeah. to you know, to reporters or, or agents or anything else. Because he's not going to be in Newcastle. Imagine, 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 imagine Andrew having Mitrovic and the likes of Tino Osprey falling in love with Newcastle. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. A lot, of the for, a lot of the foreign lads that have came out, you know, like David Ginola love this place. Uh, Kabai. Uh, a lot of them. A lot of a lot of the foreigners love this place. It's a great place to live. When it's vibrant, when it's bouncing, it's a one club city. Fantastic! It's absolutely fantastic, and I just think if it's got the right, Andrew, if it's got, Andrew, if it's got the right camp, if it's got the right catalyst, and the right catalyst is Benita, it's backed by a billionaire owner, not a poundland pound stretcher owner, um, then we can we can move forward. There's no doubt about it. I do think it's going to happen, gentlemen. I do think I I've got I wish I I knew for sure, but I I do have a feeling that he's coming to it's coming to a natural end where he he doesn't want to do anymore and. You know the fact that he's get he gets swayed by um, member of his teams that you know could have made things really rough for, for us um, in the in the January window. I just think I I do think he's comp- you know everybody has a natural life lifespan at Newcastle and I, and I think he I I think he'd make just he's one of these he's one of these people that he likes to be left alone in Newcastle because of who because he's who he is he'll he'll never be left alone. He'll always be for his business practice. Um, he'll always be in front in front of somebody doing this, that, and the other because he'll he'll be classed as Mike actually the owner of Newcastle United. So to me, it's not a win. People say he makes a win when he's he's got all these things on TV and everything. It's not a win. He, for him, 
he'd always be dragged into that person because every single interview or whoever he talks to, oh yeah, you're the only Newcastle. And the first words out of his gob is always, is always oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he can't win. He might as well just go back to what he was doing and let's see who they get. But I've got to bring in John, my last caller of the season. Good evening, John. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? So how, how would you feel? Good evening. Good evening, man. Hey, how are you doing, lads? You good? Yeah. Oh, we're doing a heck of a lot better than we were a couple of weeks ago, I can tell you that. I've, well, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got a massive... I'm coming down massively from an adrenaline, adrenaline high last night. I think I'm going into absolute coma. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, though, I mean, um, I was just jumping for joy, especially when I full ball in and the math sort of thing. I mean... I knew we'd have to score another goal in the second half and um, to make it even better. And um, I thought, great, absolutely fantastic. We've done it. We're back in the big league. We're back in the big time. That's all we can ask for around here. You know what I mean? If it's at the beginning of the season, I'd take second. I would have taken that. But, my God, we've done it. Let's the fun begins, though. Let's enjoy it. <laughs> I agree, guys. And, and, watch, and watch Newcastle win this whole title. I mean, watch Brighton now <laughs> take its foot off the gas. Watch Newcastle win out, and uh, Huddersfield. Huddersfield did us a real service because I swear to gosh, I think if if they would have kept winning, Newcastle mm. was worrying me. <laughs> I mean, I totally they were worrying me really. I totally agree. Then I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, Huddersfield's got not to lose there. I mean, after look at the four games, let's be honest, I did not think we'd win all those four games. And Fulham was one of them, and a weird Fulham took them apart. I thought, he, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised because for me, they play the best football in that league, passing the movement, passing the ball about tonight, and just taught them a lesson on Saturday. It could have been a lot, lot more, but I'm glad Huddersfield fought that because um, at the end of the day, like they give it a good shot, a great shot, but I just think. They haven't got. They have, they've got such a small squad. They just couldn't cope, and they bottled it at the end of the day. And then, um, and that left it to us to just push it all up, win the game last week. And I tell you something, we've done it. And that <laughs> was a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, it was. Pretty, it's pretty to see. It's like um, I knew. Yeah. I knew. I'm gonna have to bow because I'm getting summoned because George has to go to bed. I'm gonna have to do me daddy's duties. He still has to be. He still has to be knackered off last night because we never got in until quarter eleven. But See, it's only it's only two o'clock in the afternoon here, oh, boys. I'm just. I'm not, I still I still have to go to work. I still have to go to work in a little while. Can I just say it was one of the best moments I've ever had with my six-year-old son next. I stood next to us all season, and last night when he was shouting, "Dad, we're gonna get promoted." Ah <laughs> uh, yes, sir. we are we are back. So it was absolutely fantastic. So I love you. I love you and leave you. So enjoy the rest of your chat. Love you. All you need to know, all you need to know, lads, is Rafa's mags again, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's the man. Hey guys, the next, the, now, now when we talk, now when we talk, we're talking about a Premiership League it team. Is. We're not talking it about is. a Champions League yeah. Championship team anymore. We let's, talk about, let's talk about the top Enjoy four. Enjoy the rest right? of your chat. See you later, Lee. Thanks, Lee. See you later, Lee. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, John, it's, I think um, when it comes to Newcastle, um, who, who's been your player? Who's, obviously, I'll ask Chris as well, but who, who's been the, the most standout player for you and 
Uh, what's your thoughts on Lascelles, the captain? Because obviously I spoke to Steve Wraith earlier and he thinks uh, he'll be captain again next year. Uh, but who's been your standout player? Who's been your worst? And who is, um, do you think Lascelles should be... Should be um, 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 <clears throat> right, um, well, so you of them. You've got Dwight Gale for his scores. You've got um, Kieran for his defending who I think has been absolutely fantastic for us this season. But the man on the play of the series, for me, is going to have to be Matt Ritchie. Because it's Matt Ritchie. He, <laughs> he and no question about that, because his work is unbelievable. He's been scoring goals. He takes the game, you know, and he, he just makes things happen. I mean, when he came to us from Bournemouth for £12 million, pound, I think mm. I think he's going to go to West Ham, so he's not going to get him. And then when he came to us, I think that's a cracking sign. I think I said this in the summer. I think he can make a difference for us to get back into the big league. So I'm going to say that's for me. Yeah. And I, agree complete, I agree completely, guys. And, and knock on wood, one thing Matt Ritchie is, is healthy. Mm. He is on the team sheet every, every single, single, week. single time. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry. That that spot on the team sheet is filled and ready to go. Uh, I, I think Carl Darlow deserves a lot of credit, gentlemen. I think he's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, Matt, Sell, Matt Sells kind of came in and was supposed to be the heir apparent and had some shakiness early on, and, you know, we, he, he couldn't take the stick of, uh, of being a goalkeeper in the Northeast. We, you know, I mean, it's not just – I mean, if you screw up, you're going to hear about it. And whereas, whereas it seems like Darlow just absolutely just embraces that pressure. It was it was nice seeing Rob back in the back between the posts, you know, yesterday. Yep. But uh, I think Carl Darlow has been fantastic. Karen Clark's been great. You know, Lascelles has been hit or miss, but he like, like the call like Lee said before. I like how he took took the uh, the mantra of kind of being the team leader and willing to take it on. Um, Dwight Gale's been fantastic when he's been healthy. Yeah, and, and when he, I mean, he's been, you know, he's been the man for scoring goals. But, uh, yeah, it's, and I, guys, I think John Joe Shelby's been fantastic too. You know, take away his ridiculous racist, you know, comment six-week, you know, you know six-game high, you know, sabbatical. And I think, I think Shelby's been really good. It's, it's, I think it's just been, it's been a, a, a lot of the players have combined to get this done. And uh, and really embrace and really embrace the club. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree there. I mean, my um, my um, the, the worst. I would say the worst player of the season for me for Newcastle. Not just the worst, but I'm very disappointed. I have to go for Muradiami because he's promised so much when he came in. I mean, when he when he came to us, I thought this guy's going to take the team by the scruff of his neck in the central midfield, six foot one, fourteen stone, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's like. Watching, watching him, it's like watching Strictly come dancing. It's like a bimbo. He really is. I mean, I'm so disappointed in more Diami. I mean, he gets knocked off the ball. It, I mean, I don't know whether he plays a number 10, playing the wrong position sort of thing, but I expected a lot, lot more from the lad, and he just has not delivered. Do you think he will at the next level? I think he's going to stay, guys. I'm telling you right now, I don't think, I don't think he's leaving. I think Rafa Benitez envisions him, and I hate to. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think Gom, I think Gomez is staying too. I think that he might have got him as like almost like a assistant coach slash. Once we get to the Premiership, I'm going to put you back. I'm going to put you on defense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and of course we haven't talked about Dummett. You know, Dummett drives us crazy, but Dummett is also is always also always there. 
and he's always doing a job for the club. You know, Paul Dummett's the guy that I think we need to kind of—I think we need to give him more credit than he deserves. I mean, we, we need to give him the credit he deserves. I totally agree with you, man. Because um, I mean, everyone's saying, "Oh, he's no left back. Oh, he's a weak link." But Rafa picked him for a reason. He's his first choice left back for a reason because he is solid, and um, he defends well. I mean, coming forward, Camille, he can work on that. But at the end of the day, I mean, his defending at that level. I mean, I think he's had a good season. He's an 8 out of 10 for me this season. He's an 8 out of 10 yeah. because the reason being, I mean, he, he's been told what to do and he sticks to it. He's not fancy. He's not going to get silky skills on the lad. But he gets there and he plays it simple. And I've noticed a change. To me, the, most, the two most disappointing players, the two most disappointing players, and sorry, uh, uh, Colback is still... Uh, yeah, okay, I know he runs his socks off. I know he does a lot for the team, but... Can you put the ball in the net just a couple times as a midfielder? I, I don't know. To me, Colback uh, gets on my nerves sometimes. And uh, and uh, let's be honest. I mean, Mitro's a forward, and he's not scoring goals. Uh, I, I thought he did a great job setting Atsu up. That was a brilliant that pass yesterday. Pass. To set the, but he is a freaking forward, and he needs to score goals. And he doesn't do it. He's not in the right spot so many times that I would have to say Mitro is kind of been a huge disappointment, especially at this level. Didn't you think he was going to tear this level up at the start in, when we started talking in August? Well, I don't. I mean, I expected a lot, lot more from Mitchell. But then again, not being picked for most games by Rafa hasn't really helped. He comes in and he comes out. I don't think Rafa trusts him, though, Chris. I don't think he trusts him still fully because of his attitude. He might get sent off. He might cause some bother sort of thing, you know. He could cause a bother. And... You know, but when he does play, he doesn't score enough for us. He's well, he got nine goals this season, nine, ten goals this season from us at this moment in time. I mean, I expected a lot, lot more from him. Misses chances, but he, to, for me, I think he works hard. He's a trier, but the one thing that's lacking from him and that's scoring goals. Would I keep him next season? I would, yeah, I'd definitely keep him. But keep him? Not, not his first choice. He keep he keep Mitrovic because I I, lo- I love the guy's passion just like just like There's he no says way. we both love the passion. There's no okay. way. There's no way. No, keep him because See Andrew has completely got him already on the bus. With he's Andrew's already given him a bus ticket and you know yeah. he's basically no. sending him back. He's sending him back to back to he's sending him back to Anderlicht as we speak. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean Andrew's wanted him out for. He's just, he's just it's it's not like you know. I listen to Alan Shearer a lot when it comes to Mitrovic because he, he doesn't do enough. Like last night, it's, take, it's taken him, how long has it taken him to more or less understand? Um, it's taken him to the, the, the third last game of the season of what he has to do as a centre forward. And, he's, and he still misses chances. Like he's still really quite simple chances. And mm-hmm. y- yes, you, you, the thing is, Rafa Benitez has shown him time week after week that he doesn't tr- he doesn't he doesn't want him in that team. The only way he'll stay at Newcastle is if Rafa Benitez um, leaves the club. The only it might, it might be surprising mm. it might be surprising but um, you know I did I just expected Mitrovic for all the talk that we do about him was that he would go on a run. I did think he'll he'll go on a run and score eight more than eight to ten goals in the season, he'll get his confidence going. But if you, you know, if our manager didn't see it, mm. and he sees it weekly, 
you know, he's not afraid to make decisions as Rafa, but he doesn't, he clearly doesn't see it in Mitrovic. And, you know, he hasn't, unfortunately for Mitrovic, he hasn't got the eye of the tiger when it comes to scoring goals, and that's, and that's going to be massive in the Premiership. And, you know, <clears> you, you, you have to spend money to make money, and there's, there's no way a guy, like, he, if he stays, it will be um, as a, off the bench. But uh, Andrew, that, yeah. guys, did you think did you think that Rafa kind of envisioned him if he would have done like a Peter Crouch role, like what he did in Liverpool? You know, Crouch would, of course, Crouch was huge. But you know, he'd always come off the bench and give you that height. And as soon as he came off the bench, you're like, oh my gosh, here comes a header for the goal. I mean, you could kind of see that Mitrovic that he could have filled that role, but he just never did. Yeah. You know, he'd come in, he'd come in off the bench, and you, you never knew what he was going to do. He didn't really give you that height. And uh, that that he should, but guys, I'm telling you, every time I've seen the guy play for his country, he's like a different player. Totally Just his agree. movement and totally his touch agree. and his class. I was like, where the heck is this guy at St. James's Park? You know, on on Saturdays. I mean, the goals he scores are just phenomenal. So you can see what everyone's talking about. Mm. Exactly. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And I'm um, on. No, no, I was going to see that. I mean, I could see Andrew's point as well, sort of thing, saying that he doesn't score enough and Rafa doesn't see enough in him. But if he's going to steer, then I think, um, for me, I think it'd probably be like on the suspension, just be an impact player, sort of thing, like 15 minutes ago, right? And that would be the best bet yes. for him. Would he, be, would he be a starter? No, he won't. And it's a shame, because I think, I think on this deer, he can produce it, right? But I just think, for me, I'll agree with Andrew. I think, unless he brings the Serbian form back, then it's going to be a sub, an impact player. But we yeah, I agree. If he brings his, if he brings his Serbian form to the Premiership, of course, this is guys. We have to remember he's still a young guy. This is only his second year playing I, in in the English I league, knew. and the, and the English league is totally different than than European. I mean, the, you know, than international football, and and also playing in Belgium. I mean, we also have to remember that. I mean, you don't kick, you don't just, and I guarantee you Mike Ashley's in his ear saying, he is, you know, because he, he views players as assets, cash assets. Yeah. <laughs> and right now, if you let him go, you're letting him go at his lowest value possible. Whereas, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. So to me, that's another reason why I think he could stay, whether Benitez wants him to stay or not. I totally agree with that sort of thing. I'm just, um, well, like I said, I mean, I know he's been there for a couple of years, but he should know about English football, how it operates. He's a big physical lad, and he should be putting it about. I mean, if he does that, then he'd be a hell of a... Look at the lad, young lad last week, the person that scored a goal, is it um, Hagel? He looks a player yeah, for a young lad. Yeah. He's a, he, I tell you what, Preston is the right development for the lad. He's yeah. a, he has a right club, the right manager. He should develop there for a couple of years. He's going to be some player him. Mm. I really do. The right amount of aggression, but he, you know, he, he, that's, again, it's another, it's a, it's another player that gets it. You know, he's a young lad, and he, he's had to go. Like he's, he's came from a di- interesting background. Like obviously, when they talked about him last night, um, he had to wait to get his chance at Preston because there was a financial reason that he had to leave his other club. So, it's, mm. it's good. that's the thing. I, I think, I, I think there'll be when, if, when obviously it comes out that Rafa stayed, hopefully. That there'll be a lot. Of, I think there'll be a few changes, but I think there'll be some interesting changes, and I think there'll be a lot, a lot more pace, and a, a lot more experience at the back. Because you know, yes. Ryan Sawcross has been linked. I would also, I'd love to have John Terry there just for the fact that he's a leader. 
in defence, Newcastle were go are going to need a, d a leader to help with the development of other players, like, you know, themselves, just to be able to put them in the right spot. No, and we've talked about it. We love him, but you know, Ashley, he's all about the money and the assets, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. John Terry is not a bankable asset at all, so I don't see that happening. That's 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 but I'll tell you what, guys, I hope well. they throw all the money they can at that Fulham player, that Fulham player who just carved us up, that, that Fulham youngster. Kenny, My Kenny, goodness, Kenny? he looked great in black and white. Kenny. You're on about Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. Yes, that is the guy that, that is the, that is the kid, that's the kid that I don't care if they ask for, they want $15 million for him. I, I think he is an absolute, he's like, Let's get Delhi Ali before he goes to Tottenham this time. What do you, what do you, what do you guys think? Let's, you know, let's, let's get the guy before he goes someplace else and starts scoring goals against us. Yeah. Well, actually, I'll this guy. I'll Tottenham said, Tottenham said we can't guarantee that Delhi Ali is going to stay at Tottenham. So, you know, if, if, if they reckon he could be on his way, then that says it all. Just, mm. <laughs> you know, Delhi Ali's torn up the league and, you know, any, any if the top if the top clubs well you can class Tottenham as being a top club, but if they can't keep them, what what you know, you know I don't think a lot of clubs. I think Newcastle have done well in the transfer market. It's just all they've got to do, I think, is just back the manager, back the manager. They're going to make loads of money off different players anyway. Just back them. He's already proved it anyway, hasn't he? And and you. Yeah, he's been great. I hate that they gave a dollar amount. I hate they gave a. I don't want to know how much money he has to spend. That's nobody's freaking business, yeah, well, how much money he has to spend. Mm -hmm. Just, we back the manager to make the decisions, and we're going to give him the money he needs, you know. Oh, $70 million. So, so everyone knows now that they can come at Newcastle for everything they've got, because they've got a $70 million, you know, quid war chest. I, 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 to me, oh, I, I think sometimes, I hope to gosh that that's not a, uh, you know, a, sources need to shut up yeah. at, the, at the Newcastle club, in my opinion. They need to stop telling everybody everyone's business. Can I say something as well about Rafa as well, sort yeah. of thing? I mean, I'm making prediction now, right? If I'm making prediction on him, right, I think, I think there was a lot of Italian football, right? Because I love Italian football, right? And when he was at Napoli in his first season, right, he brought in five quality players, world-class players at Napoli, right? For the tune of £75.2 million. Ikaim, Mertens, Koulibaly. Um, Bulliel and Jose Carillon. All that cost a 75.2 million pounds, right? Mm. And they turn out to be absolutely fantastic players. Now, if Rafa steers and he spends about, and he's given like 80 million pounds, right? I'll guarantee you, Rafa will know exactly who to buy and he will turn Newcastle into a fantastic team if he steers. Mm. I we could all dream and hope and wish and love. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> after end the show now, Jim, it's now 8.17. But go, uh, before we go, obviously, thanks so much for coming on, John. But with regards to uh, hopefully your impending family, Chris, I'm, from everybody here uh, that on the show and many of our people as well, good luck um, with your exploits uh, and, you know, Having a son, daughter. Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping to create a couple. Of, we're hoping to create a couple new, a new some 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 new Newcastle fans here in Texas. Well, I swear, if I have if, if I'll have them in Newcastle onesies as soon as I get a chance. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, this yeah this is this is this is the hope. Yeah, this. But here, guys, I mean, and just know that you've got your this club that you guys love so much over there. You just John and and Andrew, 
it is beloved in this country by so many people. If you go to, if you look at Toon Army America and all the different Twitter feeds and people show up to pubs and scream and yell, they don't. Do, yeah, you know, anytime I hear someone who's a friend of Manchester United or Arsenal or something like that, go oh, good for you. You know, congratulations, you pick a team. Uh, to me, if they say that they're a fan of Newcastle, I'm like right on. You know, because we we suffer. <laughs> you know, yeah. we suffer in love with this club, and that's all there is to it. And I just, uh, I just can't wait to be able to do it again and watch it, watch it every week. It's been really, really – guys, I'll be honest, I think it's been harder this time than it was four or five years ago. I don't know why. It seemed like the radio feeds were better. I don't know if the, the Internet was you – know, used I used to always be able to listen to BBC Newcastle uh, four or five years ago, and they shut it down this year. So we couldn't even listen to radio feeds half the time. And being sport was a nightmare. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but we have something called Be In Sport Connect here, and we could never get it. It would never work. They would imagine, imagine, guys, imagine yesterday about to see a Yosi Perez stick the ball in the net and then have it start buffering, and you have no idea whether he scored or not. And then it kicks back, and it's, and it's one to nothing, and you didn't even get a chance to see the goal. I mean, that's the kind of crap we've been dealing with, you know, this year. So it's, it, we're just so happy that Newcastle's back in the premiership. John, Andrew, it's always a pleasure. I uh, I won't be with you guys next week, obviously for uh, you know for you know for other reasons. But uh, I, I just uh, I just, you know we, you know we're going up to the hospital and Jana's going to have the transfer, you know the the, the in vitro fertilization transfer and uh, everyone's praying and I hope every I hope everything works out great and hey away the lads we're back to being in the Premiership boys. Thanks a lot, Thanks a lot, Thanks a lot, lads. Thanks. See you later. I'll see you later. Bye, then. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, John. Bye. I'll be out too late. Got nothing. Back to it anytime you want. So thanks so much. We are promoted. We're back back.